What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, you know what we got to do first. We got to talk about those things that make money. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the Patreon. That's right. It's a little over a month and a half old now, but there is a Patreon. And all the video versions are finally uploaded there. That's right. All 118 of the video versions are available on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. But Matt... I want to watch other stuff besides the video versions. Well, you're in luck. I've been making some original content that has been going on the Patreon. Some old BTS. Things I've been finding on my GoPro. Pretty much I've been just cleaning out my digital closet and throwing it on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. Come check it out. Because my ad agent closed down during COVID, we literally have no sponsors at the moment. So the Patreon is the only way I'm generating revenue for the show. And believe it or not, this shit ain't free. So I would appreciate the hell out of you if you can come over to the Patreon and show some support for the show so I can keep bringing it to you every fucking week at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. Speaking of other fun stuff we're doing, that's right, I have a Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. Come hang out in the chat, come play some video games, join the Discord, join the community, and come play games with me. Normally on Thursday nights, we have a community game, but this Thursday, because I am going to be working the red carpet at the Why Not Awards, no game this week, but we'll be back next Thursday, so come hang out throughout the week at twitch.tv slash Slayer. My guest this week, returning through our third, fourth, possibly fifth time, if you count the Dames and Games shows, is comedian Trevor Kevlo. He is back from his pilgrimage to Austin. He's got lots to say about it. He talks about the ups and downs of comedy, a whole bunch of stuff. Just He's just happy to be back in L.A. Let's get on with it. Sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, Drinking Buddies. Fucking Kevlo, what's going on, brother? Hi, I am back. Welcome back to Los Angeles, your proper fucking home. Fucking ain't right, baby. I'm back, bitches. I love uh, being back. Ah, so you've been back like 48 hours? Yeah, something like three days, maybe. <laughs> 72 hours, like, I have to get on the show immediately yeah. and shit talk Austin. I have to do things. I have to get back to where I belong. I have to do things that I wanted, I've been wanting to do for the past year and what I was doing before, too. You know, this is what we counted number four, right? Four or five, somewhere around there. Yeah, we're not counting. Four or five. Yeah. Um, Trevor, before he came on, was like, I'm a regular now. Yeah. And you said irregular. I'm like, all right, that's true. Yeah, that's a much more accurate statement. You've had Brandon on the most, right? No, Kate Kennedy actually is the number. Oh, no shit. What's she at, like 10? No, Kate's at like four. But oh, okay. Kate's are all video versions, so they're all IMDb credited. Ah. I think you had an audio only one back in the day. Yeah. I did The first one I did, I was like, newly sober as a few months in or something like that so yeah yeah you were newly sober coming on and now we drink yeah <laughs> just watching me get like i'll drink for the total of us then yeah i was i was your first sober uh guest or something no sober, no no sober. oh no you have like a real sober sober guest before well xander corvus was sober has been sober every time he's on the show okay but does he party no not nothing at all oh okay some mushrooms so he's uh 
Colorado sober like me. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? Yeah, I call it New Age sober or Colorado sober, Denver sober. Yeah, I don't. But see, I micro. I don't macro. I've never truly macro dosed. You should macro dose. It's amazing. I don't know if I. Yeah. Eh, you know, I'm not going to say no. I never thought I'd get sober. So, and I and the thing is, I started microdosing with mushrooms uh, a, about a year and a half into sobriety. So, people are like, huh? And I'm like, read about it. You know, read about. Well, you know. microdosing mushrooms actually has been proven to help uh, people fight alcoholism. Yes, alcoholism, PTSD. Um, just, there's fucking tons of stuff. I think it was five, six, seven years ago, Johns Hopkins got an $18 million grant to study the like the not side effects but psilocybin whatever that the psilocybin yeah thank you the the chemical that's in mushrooms uh and how it can positively affect in you know people and and their brain activity and that's what it is is you know 20 years of heavy drinking i probably fucked a few things up because i've blacked out i was a blackout drinker too you know so i know a thing or two about that And I'm like, I probably ruined some uh, br- is it brain synapses or whatever they're called. The synapses things. Or yeah, we'll call them that. That sounds good. I'm yeah, sure. it sounds amazing. Synapses. Yeah. And then, of course, the PTSD from getting stabbed and all the other shit that happened to me. So I'm, I'm telling you, next to a pair of tits, it's the best thing I ever put in my mouth are mushrooms. Yeah, they're, they're a strong number two. Number two, really? Yeah. Number, number yeah. two. Yeah, I mean, I, I love titties. I love titties. I fucking love them. I mean, I love tits too, but like, they're not number one on things I've put in my mouth. Uh, I don't get to, I don't tits. I don't get to swallow tits. Oh, I've tried. I'm sure you have, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. I enjoy a good steak over tits. Uh, I mean, I believe me. I love tits, but I don't know. Yeah. A a good steak. A steak tit would be nice. Gonna go fucking suck on a cow. What's wrong with you? That's what a steak (laughs) tit would be. We're into some new shit now. Trevor's revealing his bestiality as he's in my brown paper bag because the the CBD drink I'm drinking is not sponsoring uh, this podcast, so I'm not going <laughs> to. The, the Buffalo Trace is not either, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day, but the the bottle of Buffalo Trace is not on camera. Well, it's on the wide. That's good. God damn, I'm yeah. really going to have to replace the wide, aren't I? I don't think so. Well, no, I mean just to compare it like image quality wise. Oh yeah. <laughs> As I'm just, I don't know why in the middle of the podcast I am nerding out about my tech. Yeah. We'll stop that right now. We'll just put a kibosh on that. I'm just like looking at the wide, like image quality. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> like, oh boy. Ugh. Yeah. But, dude, how was the Austin comedy scene? Like, how was life down there? <laughs> uh, it's, it's not bad. It's like, uh, it's like, you know, I put it this way it's like going down to the minors. And, you know, baseball terms, it's like going down to like single A ball. But it's like a, it's a single A league that's like th- starting to thrive, but it's not. It, there's no industry. It's just people doing stand up, but just which is fine. But there's people like I didn't just do stand up. I had my own club. I was booking. I was running a club. I was running a show. I was running bars. I was producing my own shows. I was performing. The only thing I really wasn't doing here in L.A. was hosting because I couldn't host because I couldn't commit to an entire show to do that because I was always running Sycamore Tavern in the dojo. It's cool, but. uh it's not the end all be all. Someone I overheard someone say that Austin is the new mecca of stand up comedy, and I almost fucking puked myself. I was like, it's a good scene to get started and develop and get better. You get up a lot, but do not fucking call it a mecca just because it's been cool for like eight months. Like that's that's the that's the mentality of people. Oh no no, it, it is a mecca. You make a whole pilgrimage there, and then you fucking leave after you do. Yeah. Your- <laughs> okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, in the actual term. 
Yes. Your Hajj to Mecca, as they say in uh was it was that religion? Uh that'd be Islam, sir. That's right, Islam. I said the Hajj to Mecca. But that's it. You know, and I went there for a year, and you know what? What I got out of it, I I performed a lot and I hosted a lot. I hosted all my own shows. I got really good at hosting. I was always a good host before I got into stand up full time. And modest too. Very modest. Uh <laughs> I did though. I, I created my own brand. I created my own trend. I created my own vibe, just like I set out to do. Wait, what it. trend? What trend did you create? Uh, the way I bring out people, the way I host my shows, it's much. It's very uh, loud and boisterous, as we were talking about earlier, Chicago style. And I would do kind of like a WWF ring announcer, kind of bringing out my comics. But I wasn't just bringing them out. I was also hosting and doing comedy. And then the way I brought them out was it was very boisterous, like. It was fun, and I people people. There was some spectacle to it. Yes, yeah. It was, it was a fucking. It was a show, and I've I've asked comics. I go, hey, I'm like, I know everybody and their mother's trying to get on your show. I'm like, all I want to do is bring you out as the host, and that's it. Like I'm not like, kind of like a Bruce Buffer thing. And they're like, oh, that's cool, you know. But I saw some other comics in town starting to do the same thing, and I was like, Dude, what are you guys doing? Like, don't do that. That's my thing. Start your own thing. Just do your own thing. That was a problem there too. Is there's a lot of overlapping of ideas. Somebody took an idea and then you saw three other people or three other promoters or shows with the same exact idea just reworded. And I'm like, this ain't originality. But that's capitalism. Yeah, it's capitalism, but it's Austin. You know, I thought Austin was like the, you know, anti-capitalistic. I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even sell, I can't sell that load of bullshit. It's I mean, I don't think they can sell that. It's a heavy tech town. Yeah, they, they, they took a major turn, what, about 10 years ago? And, it you know, it turned into a fucking tech town. And it just everything. And now uh, Elon Musk is moving his headquarters there. I just saw uh, for uh, Tesla that just popped out a couple days ago. Not surprised. Anybody that's surprised by that's a fucking idiot. You know, it's like, of course, he's going to save 14 percent, you know, alone on income tax. No, what's more surprising than to kick Grimes to the curb. Yeah. Maybe she wasn't doing it for him anymore. I don't know. But he had like a math problem child with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's expensive, baby mama. If you're a billionaire, yeah, like, that's a, you know his his kid's name is probably his code to his like computer or laptop. You know, it's like, it's if you want to hack Elon, you just type in like. But I don't know how to make those special characters. I don't either. He's it's only on his laptop. It's like Control Shift Five. It's like Enter. It's like Tools Anima, you know, or Enema or whatever. It's like it's not even a real word. It's like it's just like symbols. It's like Prince. Yeah. <laughs> That kid's not going to be as talented as Prince ever was. Rest in peace, Prince. Fuck no. Yeah. Austin's cool, though. I don't want to shit on it. I just... Um, <laughs> He's like, I want to go back one yeah. day. I want, You know, I, it's just... It, but I, I felt like I couldn't be honest with some people there because they get fucking butthurt. And I'm like, yo, you you, you gotta... You can't... You don't, ex, don't expect to do 10 minutes when you can't even do five and you've been doing comedy for a year or two. Like, that's not how this goes. But people are... There's comics that are three to six months in doing 10 minutes. Comics expecting to get paid. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Well, out of your fucking mind. But if you can get paid, that's great. Right. I, Congratulations. You got $10. So you can go buy yourself two fucking shots at the bar. Like, hey, at least you can afford two shots at the bar for $10 down there. Yeah. Out here, it's one. <laughs> no, you can't even get a shot for $10. Yeah. Where the fuck are you getting a, maybe a rail shot? I believe uh, Jameson is $9 at Mrs. Robinson's Public. Oh, the plugs are coming out already. <laughs> the plugs are coming out. Located in Toluca Lake, California, Mrs. Robinson's Pubs, where they have nine. $9 shots of Jameson. The plugs are a coming. <laughs> Holy shit. We are fucking less than 10 minutes into this podcast and the plugs are a coming. <laughs> That's what I do. 
as I was shit talking promoters earlier, which I am one, but I just don't like how they operate. I He's don't like, operate like a promoter. I am the only good promoter. The uh, only. I don't want to be a promoter. I want to be a producer. I want to get away from the promotion part. I just want to produce. That's what I love to do. I love producing and performing. The promoting kids leave that for the kids in the up and coming comics they can do that shit i don't want to do it i've been doing it since i was their age i'm fucking 43 i deal with some kids are like 22 23 and all they want to do to produce or promote a show is just put it on their social media and they think that's it and buy an ad i mean that but that's how it's worked since the myspace age but there's so much more to, to that's what everyone's doing you have to find a way to do something you have to think outside the box to make your show or your brand different not just better, but different. That's it. Well, I agree, especially because these days, at least in like the MySpace age of promoting on social media. Yeah. If you put it up, everyone on your list saw it. Yeah. The algorithm these days means half your audience may not even fucking see it. At least half. Yeah. It's fucked up. You know, I, I, I was working with a, a guy right before I left and I actually handed the reins to him. I, he, we rebranded Corrupted Comedy to Corrupted Comedy ATX. I'm launching a Corrupted Comedy LA here. And he actually, he barks. That's old school. You know, he goes out and barks for shows. He puts up his flyers. This fucking kid's nonstop. On 6th Street, that makes so much sense to have yeah. barkers. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I'm, I, I was, uh, I did a show at Vulcan a few weeks ago with um, uh, was it Nick Reese. Uh, it was like a, fat, like a fat guy show. It was all the comics were big guys. And uh, it was plump, called Plump Fiction. And I had this idea be- before I even moved here. I had a di- a, the same exact idea, but a different name. He didn't steal it or anything. It was just the same idea, you know? And I, t- I literally responded to his post and I was like, dude, I go, fuck you, fuck yourself. I fucking hate you. I go, I had the same idea, different name. I go, but good for you for getting out, getting out first. I go, I'm not even going to do my show here with it. You know, if I were to do the Plump Fiction show, I would make every fucking comic way in. <laughs> when you announce them, weighing in at 275 pounds, Trevor Kevlo. See, that's my thing. <laughs> but you would have, yeah, I know. actually have weigh-ins for the comics yeah. if you're making. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. If you're making fun of how fat they are, yeah. you might as well have weigh-ins with it. That would be fucking good. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, there was like a decent ticket sales, and then they, I was like, yo, is anyone barking? I'm like, it was fucking packed. It was a, it was a, a holiday Sunday. So they shut down 6th Street, and there's all these people walking around. I was like, anybody barking for the show? And they're like, uh, yeah, let's bark. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, like you know, that's what I did at my shows on uh, 7th and River at uh, the Green Jay. And we just started barking. And all of a sudden, there's fucking over 100 people in that show that night. They, they cleared 100 people. The whole downstairs was fucking full. And I was like, with just, and I told him, I said, get a bunch of flyers and go to Bolden Acres because everybody hangs out this place called Bolden Acres on Sunday. Go, go bark, get the flyers and bark to everybody there. All those people are young with money and you know, they're not going to work tomorrow. Well, and the beautiful part about comedy, um, it's the double-edged sword of fucking comedy really is no one is going to a music performance or a movie without any knowledge of what they're going to see. Yeah. People will just go to a comedy show. Yeah. Like oh, we got funny comedy. Oh, it's funny. Okay. I'll go. It, yeah, and, and it's, I mean, me personally, if I did not have a sold out show at the any club, I would have everybody outside barking the whole time. And they're right on Sixth Street. So they had, and Sixth Street's closed down. So they have this, they have just thousands of people. And all they need to do is put two to 250 people in there, sell it out. You have thousands of people walking by, plus your pre sales. So if you've got 100 tickets sold, you want to open up the upstairs to sell out the fucking room? I'd had every motherfucker out there barking every single fucking show, except for Kill Tony because it always sells out. 
or Rogan shows, of course, or the big uh, headliners. But that's me. That's what I'm saying. I'm old school. I like to do that. It's Chicago street team stuff. You know, he's been fucking barking for, you know, DJ shows back in the, you know, 90s into 2000. Well, hell, when I was doing music promotion, I used to yell at my artists like, hey, that band that's playing the Metro that sounds kind of like you guys, you should be standing outside that fucking door when that show lets out. Yep. And be like, hey, you like this show? Come check us out. Come check us out. Come check us out. Like, you can't just put shit on MySpace in those days. It's, it's, they're getting, actually in Austin, they're doing a good job of it. It's starting to turn into a thing where they're barking quite a bit, but it's also, it's got to be consistent. That's the other thing with, you know, with anything is consistency. It's got, everyone's got to know that there's always a show there that day or that time or whatever. And that's what's going to make it work. See, that's, I feel like that is the one downfall of like the LA comedy scene is unless you're at Hollywood and Highland, there's not enough foot traffic anywhere to like bark at people. Yep. And there's no club like at Hollywood and Highland. Sycamore was like the closest club yeah. that was there, but that's still not Hollywood and Highland. Yeah. That was, oh, I have to walk an extra 10 minutes. Oh, you know, and I, I mean, I, no one would bark for shows at the dojo. I occasionally had people, but. I had, I had people that were wanted the stage time, but didn't want to do anything for it other than ask me. And there's some people that were different, but there was like the new or younger or whatever. And I'm like, go bark. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, get some flyers made, bark people in. I go, put your name out. I'll even throw you a couple bucks. You give her enough people in here. I go and give me the receipt for whatever you, you know, whatever you get printed out and I'll, you know, reimburse you. Uh, you know, ugh. it's like, all right, well, Dude, if someone had enough money to open a room like in the mall at Hollywood and Highland, they could kill it on just barking. Absolutely. They did. Uh, um, comedy Chow had uh, they were a comedy brand. They did every Wednesdays at uh, Hooters. And then they, they left Hooters and they went across the street to something. But it was every Wednesday. And they always had people in there because they just barked them in. Yeah, because it's right fucking there. Yeah. You have some tourists who doesn't. I mean. It would probably be the worst audience to perform it, for. It was. I went. I never performed. I asked them for uh, to get booked a few times. They blew me off, and they asked me to like get booked. And I was just like, I've been asking you guys for the past year. You haven't booked me. And then you want to you want to get on my show? I'm like, I was like, you guys don't know how this shit works. And I know one thing. I'm not a bad comic. I'm a pretty decent comic. I'm solid. I've gotten really good. I know. I, I, I've heard rumors yeah. that you've gotten much better than yes. just talking about how you shit. Yeah. Thank you. That was that was like three, four years ago. The yeah, shit I've been around. I've yeah. been around for a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You were there for that. That was a fucking fun. Well, that was more like experimental comedy where showing people how I shit in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Your whole clothes at the dojo at the time was you talking about you shitting. Yeah, it was fun. It's like you close out a night and that's when there are absolute killers showing up. Yeah. To work out material at the dojo and they're like. Trevor's going to get up and talk about how he shits. Yeah. Like, I'm like, why, Trevor? Why? Yeah, you gotta, I'm your friend, but why? Yeah, you got to start somewhere. I mean, I guess in the morning on the can. Yeah. Shitter selfie. Boom, boom. boom. I don't know. Are you still doing the shitter selfie? Every I day. Seen. 271 days straight. I have not missed a day. In you should start an OnlyFans and actually get like video of you taking a shit in the morning. I'd do it if I can make money. I'm sure you could. Well, there's a few things I do on, Only, on OnlyFans. I'm sure somebody would be into it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big world. So what seven billion people at least? Yeah, I, all you need is like two hundred of them to spend like five dollars, and that's no, a grand a month. I want more. I'm greedy. I mean, obviously I want, you want more, but would you be upset in an extra grand a month for just shitting in the morning? No, it'd be great. Right. So, but don't like, don't knock it. But I like ten grand. We'd, obviously, we'd all like ten <laughs> grand, Trevor. Obviously, 
obviously we would all like 10 grand yeah. but if literally they were going to give you a thousand dollars a month for just filming yourself shitting without actually anything like grotesque yeah just me pooping just you pooping wouldn't you fucking take it i think i'd do it yeah i think I'd do I'd it. buy a gopro get on it yeah what are you selling yours for how much you can get one of those on the fucking ebay i need mine <laughs> we're running a production house in this motherfucker yeah we are yeah speaking of you fucking pro this place out let everyone know that anybody that listens to this and wants to get on this this is pro setup <laughs> Thank you. We're not in Austin anymore. <laughs> no, Holy this, shit. Like, there's one guy that's got a pro set up, Gary Faust. Yeah, he's, no, he's Faust. Got, yeah, he's he's pro as fuck, so. Um, I, but, yeah. I feel bad. Like, I, my last night in town, I was I had been drinking all night already. Yeah. And Gary, like, we met Gary in person for the first time, and Gary's like, yo, let me know if you need anything for the podcast. I'm like, I'm leaving in the morning, and I just, I feel bad about how abrupt I was about that. Like, yeah. Like, like I didn't mean to be a dick there. Yeah, I, I'm not. Oh my god! And now we drink such a big brand. I, I could be an elitist dick. No, yeah. that was not. I was just drunk and I was just like, but I'm leaving in the morning. And I'm like, oh hey, we should set something up. And yeah, you now no, Gary's cool. Now no, Gary's cool. Like yeah. I, I like Gary, especially like he caught me off guard because I was hanging out with Red Band, and Gary comes up like, oh hey, I'm Gary. I'm like, oh hey, Matt. He's like Matt Slayer. I'm like, yeah. I'm not used to people like yeah. So I'm going to I'm like, oh shit, hey, what's going on, man? Like, but it was still like he yeah. recognized me before I recognized him, which is just like not a feeling I'm used to. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Some recognition for my bullshit? No, no. Six years? Yeah, six years, right? Seven years? Uh, we I started this motherfucker under the original branding in 2016. So okay, five and a half, almost yeah. six. Getting there, fuck. Amen. Fucking eight. most podcasts don't make it nearly this long. Yeah. Pure fucking ego on my part. Hey, man, you're fucking doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm just spending more money than I've ever earned. That, that's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I put it back into my love. I put it back into my work. I put it back into my tax deductions. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. I'm going to deduct everything, man. It's the way to be. Yeah. Shove a mailing address back down in Texas so you can get them Texas tax breaks on your fucking business. I do. Oh, no. Don't admit to crimes on the internet. I was like, fuck. I forgot about that. I never, I never set up an LLC out there. I should have, but I, I wasn't a resident there ever. I, I stayed a resident here for because I knew I'd be back. And you're like, I want to recall Newsom. It's cool. That too. Yeah. Did you actually vote for I, re recall Newsom? I, that's why initially why I flew into town was to to vote to recall him. And uh, I went, dick. Yeah, I uh, dude. He sucks. He sucks. Even his own people are turning against him. Yeah, he might not be the best, but do it in the general. Don't let whatever fucking random gets more votes be the new governor dude i'd pick kanye at this point kanye west yeah kanye kanye rodman 2024 that's what i'm going for dude he was ripping people off with his church shows allegedly yeah allegedly we'll go with Alleg allegedly. allegedly 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 so yeah yeah i mean the other person who would have won if newsom was recalled would have given us probably similar abortion laws to texas Ah, do you think you could pass that though in California? I don't know, honestly. Well, here's about the other. The actually the big, big, big picture is California has the oldest serving fucking senator in the country. If uh, she drops dead or retires, yeah, the governor replaces her. So gotcha. if we'd end up with breaking the you know Democratic majority in the Senate, California goes red, Texas goes blue. I, I think Texas will go blue before California goes red. That's what I think. 
I mean, we've had Republican governors. Schwarzenegger was a Republican. Was he? Oh yeah. Well, I thought I thought he was like very more moderate than he was. Still a Republican. Yeah, yeah. I know he was technically a Republican, but when it comes to like his actual policies and stuff, it's like I don't know. How, I wasn't here then, so I don't know. No, that's before my time too. Okay, yeah. It's like like we we say you say Republican Democrat, but like you look at like Bill Clinton in the nineties, he would be like much more conservative nowadays with his, a lot of his policies. Oh yeah. The three strikes. Yeah. Like that shit's, you know, well, it's, it, it's fucking raw, man. I mean, what uh, I need to check this the real three, quick. Yeah. Three strikes. Was yep. that a California thing too? I uh, it's national. Oh, don't check it. Let's just make no, sure. No, I just want to make, let's make up our own facts. <laughs> I, I just wanted. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, oh. I remember in California got hardcore about that. Fucking um, now it's just like whatever. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's a fuck, it's nuts out there, man. I'll, I'll tell you this I was uh, the I got in a couple days ago. The next day, I went to bring my car in to get the oil change and get a tune up. My shit was most of my shit was still in my car, like I had unpacked like a lot of it. I left my Vax card in my fucking car. Why would you do that? Because wasn't thinking. I go to the uh, and the cars in the shop. My phone's dying. I go to a coffee shop in West Hollywood. Okay. And I was like, hey, and I'm talking to the guy. Super cool. Young dude, probably mid mid 20s. And I was like, hey, you know, do you have a charger here? My phone's going to die. I'm getting my car worked on. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm giving you a coffee and a donut. And he's like, hey, he's like, I just need to see your Vax card if you want to sit inside on your phone. And I was like dude i'm like it's in my fucking car it's getting tuned up i literally got into town last night like it was not like a lie this is but my dog did but he doesn't more. know that no he's but i'm like he was cool but it's like he's also scared he's gonna lose his job which he won't and i was like whatever no big deal like i didn't care i was like well at least you weren't an asshole about it no i get it like i don't agree with it but i get it so I was like, I was cool about it. He was cool. I left my phone in there. I sat at the corner of Santa Monica and Fairfax, and I had coffee for a half hour. But the, the irony was, as I sat outside, it was a nice day. The other dude came out. He talked to me. I was drinking my coffee. It was all good. There's a homeless guy digging through the trash. Sitting there, digging through the trash. And I'm like, I can't go inside because I left my Vax card in there, but this homeless guy can walk around and spit. And, and I was like, that's... I'm not arguing. I've, I will not argue these policies and whatever. I'll argue the inconsistencies of things. That's where I have a problem. And it happened again at Starbucks yesterday. I was almost I went, got spit in your mouth again at Starbucks. Yes. Close. We were outside having uh, coffee. It was my, uh, my, me, my friend, Eric and Josh, uh, comedian, Josh Nassar. Hey, Josh. Outside having coffee, all, we all have our masks, we all have our cars, all that bullshit. Sitting there, they didn't ask for it or anything. Homeless guy comes over, and he kept, he's literally grabbing, pe grabbing people. He grabs a guy, and the guy goes, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, cuckoo homeless. Walking around, and he's barefoot, and he's walking in circles. There's six or seven Starbucks employees sitting and standing inside. It's not packed. And, the, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? This, the homeless you, guy. What, do you expect a fucking minimum wage Starbucks employee to go 86 a homeless guy? No. But the problem is when I went inside to get my uh, parking validated, my mask was hanging off. And the first thing the guy said to me was, excuse me, sir, do you have a mask? Not hello, nothing. And I was like, there's a fucking homeless guy attacking people outside, but you're concerned about the mask indoors. That's one of my problem. And it's, it's but there's a major disconnect there. You can't expect a fucking minimum wage employee to go fucking go wrestle a homeless guy for your Tell entertainment. Leave. I don't know. Hire security. It's Starbucks or a well, yeah. dollar company. But that's not 
that dude's responsibility. That dude's responsibility to make sure to make sure I wear a mask inside. Yep. But if a homeless person comes inside, what's he going to do? That's what I want to know. Is he going to tell him not to, or is he going to say you can come in here as long as you have a mask on? Well, it's, it's, are you saying if a homeless person has enough money to pay for a coffee and has a mask that they don't deserve a coffee? Fifty cent refills. Hey man, shit. If they that's listen, their policy, if they listen to this, they're gonna hear that and start showing up. That's their fucking policy. Like <laughs> I just, it's inconsistencies. That's, it's not inconsistent though. I, see, but we can have this conversation and we can agree to disagree. And that's the problem I had with the people in Austin is they get so fucking like they freak out. I'm like, I I think it's an inconsistency. You don't. But we're still gonna have be friends well, and have a drink, right? Yep. I'm gonna pour some Buffalo Trace in your can and. <laughs> Sucker. Oh, yeah. By the way, three years, three and a half years, over three and a half years clean now. I know. See, these are conversations I want to have more of with people is, is can, uh, opposing viewpoints. Well, and, but, and, but here's the thing. The Starbucks employee makes shit money in the first place. In the grand scheme. In the grand scheme. In the grand scheme. They make shit money. They're 20 an hour. Well, 20 oh, an hour in LA and shit. Yeah. 50 an hour in LA in the grand scheme and shit. Yeah. Well, move to Austin. <laughs> And move to the right part of Austin, because yeah, if you move no downtown, that, that's still in shit. Uh, yeah. At the well, grand I'll get scheme, into that. Yeah. In the grand scheme, you need to make over six figures a year in LA to be able to afford a two-bedroom apartment on your own. Yeah. On average. Yeah. So right. 20 an hour with tips is still not, not shit. Enough. Yeah. It's, that's, and at the end of the day, it's not a job you sign up for to like put yourself in the line of physical danger. Yeah. Physically confronting a homeless person, unless you fucking have to. It was also when the way he said it, it was like, dude, like my ha- my mask slid off as I walked. Well, in. that doesn't mean the dude's not a dick, he, but he he wasn't like, excuse me, sir. I was like, please put your mask on like real bitchy. And I was like, Fucking so I'm not I'm not defending that the dude's not a dick. It's like just a dick. It, it, a dick but, does not necessarily make him inconsistent. But, He's I, just a dick. Yeah, but I don't it's it, if I knew I, I, I knew if I would have said something. It would have caused a fucking problem. Like, hey, why don't you go outside and fucking deal with the homeless people that are they're literally touching other people on your property. But since you're inside in your closed little, you know, safe place behind the counter where, you know, like bartenders where it's like you can't talk to me. Like I mean, that. at the end of the day, when you were running Sycamore, were you out there fucking fighting the homeless? Yes. <laughs> it was bad. But no, it was really fucking bad. It was bad. Dude, I, that was terrible. I don't God, remember I, you, like oh, any of the staff going out there and actually like, oh, yeah. There was throwdowns, man, off camera. I'm not kidding. I had a busser, Theo, that got into it with somebody, and then the fucking police showed up. I mean, it was the thing with the homeless people is I I'm courteous to them because I understand that a lot of their problems are not just their problems. It's it's the city, the state, this country have completely fallen. You know, they they fell, and and there's no one taking care of them because there's no net anything. Yeah, there's. It's just like, and it's get, it's obviously gotten way worse with the pandemic and shit. We'll see a bigger spike since the the eviction uh, moratorium ended, you know, exactly. eight days ago. Yeah, I mean, I, they can stop that. They can reverse that. I think West Hollywood did. did I don't they, know if we have their own township. I don't know, but it was. I spoke. I speak to homeless people like human beings. Real quick, except for that, nobody who can afford WeHo is getting evicted. That's true. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some hate for that one. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying, sorry, I just I had to no, put that out there. I just, I, the, I had an interaction with a homeless person every single day at Sycamore. And I treated them with respect. I wasn't like, get the fuck out of you fucking sky. I was like, hey, dude, can you leave? Hey, dude. And it's not, after the third time, I'm like, you need to leave or I'm going to call the police. Like, you got to go. Like, this ain't your home. We let you fucking sleep here overnight. I could come in anytime. And I was just, 
it's an uphill battle. I don't want to, you know. Well, yeah. I'm like, but that was the thing is I treated them with respect. It's just like, just please, you know, you got to head out. And there were 99% of the time at Sycamore Tavern, they were fucking cool. The homeless people. Yeah, so. until you put spotlights on them. That wasn't my doing, but I know, I know. That was also with everything that was happening with the whole neighborhood. It wasn't just us. They, we were the, uh, the, um, the scapegoat of all the problems there. But I'm like, yo, this, it's a fucking, it's a city epidemic. It's a county epidemic. It's not Sycamore Tavern epidemic. I was like, this problem's going on all over town. Don't point at us. Oh no, it's definitely a Hollywood thing. Like, yeah, and you know, block from here. Like, I just had to walk a couple blocks, and it's just like, oh, there's encampments. Like, Dude, you cannot. Yeah walk in my neighborhood without walking through an encampment yeah but you still have to pay through the ass for rent it's like come on guys what do you for doing? now yeah for now for now yeah maybe maybe <laughs> i'm just gonna keep feeding the homeless until it brings my rent down yeah that's uh, that's my master plan there you go wow that wow that's a good idea <laughs> just be like yo we're basically running a soup kitchen in front of my apartment until my rent goes down yeah yeah mm, 10 cent cans of soup still i <laughs> rent goes down three bucks you're like fuck this i mean but i could write off the soup as a production like yeah <laughs> that created oh, there we go like we'll film film me feeding the homeless as yeah. a promo <laughs> matt slayer feeds the homeless yeah. like what the fuck what is this i'm just trying to fucking shave some fucking points off right see i'm i'm generally respectful to the homeless except like yesterday i was pulling into my garage and a homeless dude Rode his bike into the fucking garage. Ugh. I parked, and he's camped up by one of the fucking doors. And I just like, yo, man, you fucking live here? And he saw me, and like, phone out, filming him. I'm like, yo, man, and he's just kind of like, and just out. Good. Like, it's it's. I know how bad it's gotten. Like, before the pandemic, it was bad. Now it's fucking awful, and it's gonna get worse. Oh, it is. And, you know, people are going to get evicted, thrown out, you know. I, I understand you're desperate, but I also am like, I'm not going to just let you fucking come rob. Exactly, though. That's that problem is it's it's just getting it's just getting worse. Like, and it's I, not just I, here. It's bad in Austin. It's getting it's worse. bad everywhere. Yeah. But I'm also it's one of those things where like I'm I'm a OK with you existing. I'm a OK with whatever's going on. I'm not also going to enable you to just fucking rob. 100 percent agree. Me or my neighbors. Yeah. Stay at them. This is private property. Just stay. Like they allow you to, they give you tents to sleep on the street. If that's the choice you want to make, that's the choice you're going to make. You're there. The ACLU in California is allowing you to do that. You can't touch the police officers. Cannot legally touch their shit. Go over there. Do whatever you need to do. Or find, there are programs in place in you know in LA County where you can check into a homeless center, get into a job work program. There are pr programs set up for people to do it. That want to do it. That's the only thing. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to do it. And if you want to do it, yeah. And then, it's, of course, you know, to stay in these homeless shelters, you've got to be sober. You have to check in. There's all that. Well, you know, they've turned, like, some of the downtown hotels into, like... Yeah. The LA Grand Hotel is a turnkey. Yeah. And I rolled by there. I was just like, what the fuck's going on? You know, I rolled by the front and saw all the security. I'm like, is there a special event going on? And then I saw the people that they were, like, searching. I'm like... Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is, there is rumors of, uh, not rumors, but I think ideas of, of shopping malls because shopping malls are going extinct essentially. And there's like all these little shops, you know, you get a giant mall and there's all these little shops. It's like, you could fit how many fucking beds in there? 
You know, put up makeshift walls, partitions. Like fuck Century City. Let's put the homeless in Century City, <laughs> dude. Circuit City, man. No, no, no like Century City oh, Mall. Century City Mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, by all the agencies, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. That's it in Austin, downtown Austin, at Seventh and River, in the cultural district, which was where all the fucking music is over there. Sixth Street. They put a homeless shelter right smack dab in the fucking middle. The dumbest fucking thing you could do. Now you have all the homeless people. And the, the shelter right in the middle of it so everybody downtown Austin can see the homeless shelter. And all the problems exist from that shelter. And, of course, 6th Street. And, of course. <laughs> and, of course, 6th Street. Because 6th Street, you get, you get too many different demographics coming there and getting fucked up and drinking and getting high and fucking doing all the I mean, drugs. that sounds like Hollywood and Boulevard west of Coanga. It's exactly that, yeah. It's, it's Hollywood Boulevard shut down, you know. And it's like... You get these college students, you know, these these affluent college students. You get normal college students. You get tourists. You get people from all over Texas, really, that come out there. A lot of people from Houston and Dallas and all these different demographics and races and cultural diversity. And then you just splash them with a shitload of booze and drugs. And you say, let's see what happens. And you have cops hang around and, walk, you know, ride horses. And you just wait to see what's going to happen. That's pretty much how it is. And I fucking don't like it. it. Gives me too much anxiety. The horses? No, I love the horses. They actually calm me down. <laughs> All the chaos. They're just you're just sitting, sitting there petting some cops. I know you're a pig, but yeah. oh, good boy, you're a good boy, you're a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this vision of you petting a horse, like feeding it a carrot, while yeah. cops just looking at you, like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh god, who's this fucking creep? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's 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 not. Austin's cool though. It's just like it just wasn't me, man. It's a spot that I enjoy visiting. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a vacation spot for people. Because when the pandemic hit and I was in between gigs, our mutual friends in Austin were like, "Move to Austin. There's opportunities yeah. here." I mean, I was I was I moved there because I knew the Rogan effect would do, and it did. The Rogan effect is powerful. It, it brought hundreds of comics from all over the country to Austin. Thinking like not thinking, but like developing a scene. But the problem is, it's just you have the you have the front end. You have all the comics. You don't have the middlemen or middle people, whatever fuck, and the back end, the business, the people that know how to run the business. There well, was a handful of people I met out there that were not. None of them were from Austin that understood the business aspect, and there were basically people from L.A. and New York, and that was it. We were talking about this earlier, and I've talked about this on air. Like while I was down there in July. I went to a special taping and I could tell that the director of the special had never directed a comedy special before mm -hmm. because there was no crowd direction. Yeah. The crowd was just drained. It was 10 o'clock on like a Thursday night. They had been drinking. Yeah. It was the second fucking run through and they were just fucking drained. So the energy's low. You've got to bring it up unless they're going to in post going to fucking, you know, put an audience or applaud put a laugh or, track in Yeah, laugh track. It's like, which would that would suck, man. Like, you know, I understand like the power of, of camera and, and Hollywood and of the magic and all that. But at the same time, live comedy is different. Like there's got to be some actual laughter because, you know, not everything's going to be fucking Seinfeld. It shouldn't be Seinfeld. It shouldn't be Seinfeld. And you know, that's a studio. I mean, you can attest to this much more than I've never been a stand up in my fucking life. But you feed off that energy as a performer, right? Hugely. It's insane. It's, it's, it's euphoric. You know, you get such a massive buzz when you're when you're actually crushing. I mean, like actually crushing because a lot of comps would be like, oh, yeah, I killed a crush. I'm like, I watched you. You didn't. You actually fucking bombed. 
You just think you did because you think in your head you're really funny, but this crowd didn't think you're funny. I mean, my only, my only <laughs> taste, my only taste of personal experience with that was me bombing at the AVNs in 2018. Oh, that, yeah. But watching people give me a standing ovation while I was bombing was yeah. still a little like it's pretty awesome. It was like, oh, maybe I could do this. Yeah. And then, like I got off stage, I'm like, no, yeah. Matt, what? No. You just horribly bombed in front of the whole industry. Your friends just were like kind of laughing with you, kind of laughing at you during yeah. this. Yeah. It's uh it's you know, it's interesting. You know, it was it was it was cool. And like I said, it was going down to the miners, it was it was freshening up, it was stretching, it was finding uh exposing my voice more, so to speak. I got to focus more on my stand up and my writing than I did with production and running a club and a venue and a bar and everything else and dealing with all the shit. I just got to focus on strictly stand up and it was great. It was it was good for me as an artist, but as as an adult and as a professional, it was like, okay, it's time to go. I gotta go back to, you know, where things are, you know, getting done like at this level. And that's what I'm used to. You know, it's not a diss, but I start my my stand-up career really started in Los Angeles, not in Chicago. It started in Los Angeles. So going there was like a good thing where I could just get up a lot. But I also just, it was also the vibe. It was, wasn't me. Like the whole backyard barbecue thing, this isn't me. That's not my thing. See, I, I really enjoy that as a vacation. Yes. It's cool to go. That's a cool thing to go do. But I'm like, I'm more of a get coffee, sit at a coffee shop, outdoor, indoor, go to up to uh, Laurel Canyon, have coffee up there, like go to the valley, go to the ocean, go to the mountain. Like that's my enjoyment, you know, and sobriety. Those are the things I like to do. In Austin, it was like, go for a drive. I'm like, all right, this is cool. Go fishing. And I'm like, okay, it's 105 degrees out. The humidity's 200%. I'm fucking sweating from every, you know, hole in, in, in my body. And I'm like, I am done. Like, and it's like, all right, well, I'll go at night. And then I go night fishing. And then I get attacked by fucking every bug possible. And I was like, all right. Yeah, between the humi- humidity, bugs, and that, like, I'd have to wear condoms. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing, Bobby warned me about the fucking humidity. And I was like, oh, it's like Chicago. He's like, no, you don't understand. And I was like, all right. The humidity there ain't no joke. The fucking, the weather there ain't no joke. 105, 110 degrees. And the thing is, sun goes down. And then it's like, oh, it dipped down to 98 degrees or 103 degrees. And the humidity is still fucking heavy. Yeah. I mean. Fuck that noise. Yeah. It was, there were some fucking brutal nights. And I was like, okay, these guys ain't kidding. So. Well, it's one of the reasons, like, I love New Orleans. I could never live there. Yeah. Because of similar weather to that shit. Exactly. Yeah. They've got their own fucking weather system there, man. And, like, the, I don't want to live in a fucking swamp. I like dry heat. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah. We've talked about this. You love Vegas, you know? I don't love Vegas. You love the weather? I mean, well, I'm not, the LA, you can't beat LA weather. LA, no. San Diego. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, there's a reason I moved from Vegas to here. Yeah. LA, I mean, well, we talked about Vegas and Phoenix. You hate Phoenix. You say fuck it? Phoenix. Yeah. Fuck Phoenix. It is all of the bad of Vegas and yeah. none of the good. Have you been to Flagstaff? I have. What do you think of Flagstaff? Meh. Yeah. Fuck Arizona as a state. If you're listening to this from Arizona, really? sorry you live there. I love Arizona. I think it's absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful state. I am an urban dweller. Okay, well, I yeah. don't give a fuck about nature. All we right, should fair. fucking pave over all of it. That's a- <laughs> like, I don't think Griffith Park should exist. There should be more houses in the hills there. <laughs> fuck that all. Oh, man, this is great. You're, are you a capitalist? 
obviously i work yeah. in i actually work in entertainment yeah that's true oh man i'm not an outdoorsy person i am not i like climate control yeah i mean i i'm not the, i'm not outdoorsy where i'm like gonna like you were fucking fishing i was fishing but like i'm not i I know how to fish. I don't know how to hunt. Like, I'm not going to turn total fucking, you know. I mean, the last time I went fucking fishing was with my grandfather in, like, maybe the 90s. Like, the early 90s. It was, like, two weeks ago for me. I know. Yeah. And I'm, like, fiending a fish here. But I could, I mean, I could live. Go, go, go fish at Echo uh, Park Lake. It'll be. Yeah. <laughs> See what you drag out of there. It'll yeah. be a body or a fish. You yeah, never know. Shit. I, I mean, I, I would, I consider retiring to something more, uh, less urban, more nature. Retiring. What, what, what delusional world do you think you're going to retire in? I don't know. Somewhere else? No, no. You think you're going to retire? Oh. That's um, delusional. I don't know. Getting that whole Bitcoin thing. Crypto coin. Would would you buy in 20 years ago? No. 10 years ago? No. Trevor, accept reality. You and I and our ilk. We're going to die working. We're going to die working. Yeah. Accept it. It's okay. Yeah. Spend it all. You got no one to fucking leave it to. Enjoy the ride. It's true. That's the other thing. I don't have kids. Enjoy the ride. You don't have kids that we know of. None I pay child support on. That's right. So no kids. Sound check. Just knocking on all the wood yeah. on that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm taking taking the person I've been sleeping with regularly who's like, I'm infertile. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I That's hyper dumb on my part, but yeah. hyper dumb. Uh, don't worry. The things, in, you know, you Things, things happen, you know? I'm pretty sure I'm infertile, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I am, you know, thanks to Pfizer. <laughs> They're a good friend. Yeah, they are. They give you COVID vaccines, makes your swimmers not swim. That's right. They fucking killed my cum years ago. Uh, me and another friend were talking about getting brosectomies, like just making a day of getting our vasectomies together. I consider it, but like I said, I think I should dead cum, so. Well, you might as well just, you know, make it certain. Yeah. Yeah, but how do you get less loads? I like big loads. I like to shoot nice loads. That's my thing. I don't know. I don't have a vasectomy. I don't either. I got, uh, I think my brother, he's got one. I'll ask him if his loads, but he's also like 50. He's like 50 and like in a loveless marriage. No, actually, he's got a good marriage, surprisingly. It's good. Like I mean, I was just assuming, and they and they actually fuck too quite a bit. So that's pretty. Why cool. did they ask you to hold the camera? Uh, no, but you know, I've hung out there, and I'm like, oh Jesus! Like we're going to bed, Trevor. Yeah. Good night. Time and- for you to leave because we're loud. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's great. No, it's good. And like, I want anyone I you know friends or family with to be having yeah. good sex yeah my parents fucked until my mom got uh breast cancer and then your father was such a breast man he stopped doing it I think so no I it was <laughs> such a, a dick move totally you know <laughs> you got a mastectomy I'm out I think it was well it was all the fucking stuff she had going on with her and pills and cancer stuff you know but hey they fucked for a long time I think they stopped he fucked until he's like 70 or so that's pretty good run man a little, old, a little older than 70, yeah. That would be, like, that is depressing to me to think at some point, like, yeah, I'm just not going to be interested in fucking. Like, that's depressing to me. My dad was. My mom wasn't, but my dad was. He was like, I'm keep fucking. He fucked till he was dead. <laughs> he fucked but, himself like, to death. Like, that is the natural life cycle. Like, we're at some point, we're just like, nah. Nah. I, I'm cool with not fucking. Like, yeah. that is kind of depressing to me. Like, I, You're like, sports centers on soon. <laughs> Right. I said, I mean, this has got to be like 20 years ago at this point, but I'm like, 
at the point where my dick stops working, you might as well kill me. This is well before ED pills were a thing. Yeah. You know, but they need to make pills for women to get them hornier. I mean, they give it, the guys get them. We get dick pills. Why don't girls get pussy pills? Or well, but the dick pills how, don't make you horny. They just make it so you can perform when you are horny. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't know. Figure something. How about you? Know, you know, actually, you know, entice your partner into wanting to fuck you. That's true. Yeah, like showering and bathing and all that weird stuff. I know it's such a fucking hassle. Like women have made that you know that argument. Like, oh, men have dick pills. Women have nothing. You know, and I'm like. You know, it's because it's always about always about men and women, have, you know, get implants and, you know, for men. And I'm like, no, I mean, I, I hope that any woman who's listening to this got if they got an implant, got it for themselves. I fucking hope so, too. I mean, I would literally love for women to have a pill where they could take it and they get fucking they want to fuck like that would be awesome. Well, the thing- every single girl I ever date, I'd be like, I will buy them. And when you don't want to fuck, but you kind of do, you take one and you let me know when you're ready. But at the end of the day, if they kind of want to fuck. They that's they're, they're just lubricant. Yeah, you can. They but like no, but they feel the sensation of wanting to fuck, not just like I'm gonna fuck. For yeah, but five a bl- little blue pill doesn't give you the sensation of wanting to fuck. Is I've, I've been told I've never I actually was, taken one. I was gonna say I've never taken one either. I bought them. I bought them from a friend out here, and then I end up giving them to another friend. I never took them, and I want to buy some just to take it to use it to see how it is. Because why I, not? I mean. Uh, the fear of a four-hour erection that doesn't go away. I mean, I would just make sure that I paid for her for the day. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, uh, but that's the thing. Like, ED pills can trash your like ability to get an erection naturally. Oh, really? Oh, that's well, one time. Yeah, one time I'm gonna kill yeah. you. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, I've never felt the need to. I've definitely failed. Yeah. I have definitely failed. Like, I've drank too much and been like, yeah, I, I love you, girl. Well, not I love you, but yeah. I want to really badly. The mind is willing. The body is just not like it's I've not there yet. Yeah. Shit happens. No. And any dude who's never failed is fucking lying. He's a liar. Yeah. yeah like any dude who's it's never failed, failed is fucking like any dude who's like, I don't masturbate is fucking lying. That's a fucking absolute farce. I hate men that say that they're not men. They're fucking full of shit. They're assholes. But every dude jerks off. We're of about the same age group, at least back in the day for like me. You know, people would talk shit about, like, if you talked about it, like, because, oh, you can't get pussy. That's why you're jerking off. That's it's so dumb. But, you know, we were yeah. fucking kids. Yeah, we, of course. As an adult, it's like, no, no, Jerking no. off is, is awesome. It was more awesome then. It's less awesome now, but. I don't know. Like, it's I still awesome. But I haven't had to matrix dodge one of my own loads in years, so. Oh, yeah. Nothing like, you know, being in your early 20s and, like, firing a load over your shoulder. Like, whoa, fuck. Oh, God, those are good old days, man. Just fucking. Yeah, these days, like. Yeah, it's there. Some fucking Peter North shit. The fucking the mailman, the king of loads. He's a <sighs> fucking beast. Time it catches up with us all, and it's just yeah. like, okay, well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled at forty. I still have as much hair as I do, and that I can get my dick up on my own. Yeah, that's true. Same hair. Got a good head of hair, and my penis works. I mean, my hair, the hair is not as good as it was like three years ago, but yeah. it's still here. It's still here. I'll take it, man. Fuck. As you know, a Jewish man, and like I fully expected by this age, I'd be fucking bald. Yeah, you fit that description. The bald Jewish man. <laughs> You're good though. You got a good head of hair. You got a fucking. It's okay. It's thinning. A, yeah. It's thinning in the front a little Big bit. Big ass but, beard though. You're yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, and it's migrating to my back like a okay. champ. Do you dye it? No. Like that weird whatever the fuck's going on there, like gray on the side. Fuck. Right 
that's I thought natural. you dyed it that way. You that's thought natural. I dyed my fucking. It's like some like weird Wolverine shit going on there. <laughs> Mine's fucking a mess because I dye it and then I let it grow out and part yeah. of it dies or like darkens more and this looks like blondish. I don't. No, no, this is just natural. Like, yeah, yeah. You think just, I would dye this? I don't know. Maybe you did. You had like a, you did a movie. You did background. You did featured. I don't know. Maybe no, no bucks. Two hundred bucks to dye your hair? Fuck yeah! No, the the sideburns are just a gone fucking gray. Just decided to go gray. That's like, so funny. Yeah, sideburns are gray. Goatee like pretty black. Couple grays in it, but if anybody can see this, it just looks like it was it was it was produced. It was manually produced. It wasn't nature. No, if it was manually produced, it would all be fucking black again. Yeah, same here. Dark brown, black. Oh. I mean, that's that's the other shit part. Is like this shit has happened naturally, and if I was like, you know, my vanity says I should start dying it again. Like, there's so much fucking footage of me on this podcast to be like, last week, Matt, last week. Yeah, what happened there? Yeah. You look different. What's changed? That's a weird, like, it's a, like Jennifer Gray's nose. Like, yeah. there's so much. Like, what happened there? Yeah. So much footage of you looking like this. Demi now Moore's you, tits. Hey. Yeah. Chef's kiss to that shit. Those are fucking. Whew, wow. She looks hot for, what, 80? However old she is. When yes. she goes young, she goes Heston Kutcher, like former model young. Not, I'd, I'd still fuck her. Well, obviously, yeah. she wouldn't fuck you. Oh, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean. I mean, you never know. Maybe she. You could win the lottery. Yeah. Maybe just wants she wants a guy that makes her laugh or giggle. I mean. I mean, I don't know. How you to, never know. I know how to make him laugh. You just pull on your pants. That's never worked for me. No, they don't laugh at it. No. <laughs> ah, sorry, son. Does that happen to you often, Trevor? No. Never. Never a girl. Never girls look at it and say, eh, I guess I can work with that. Well, and that's the thing. Like, holy fuck, they're like pop culture and movies led me to believe that like that might be a thing. Yeah. Like, I've never had a woman like where like it got to that point and be like, I don't have a huge dick. I have an average size penis. Yeah. I've never had someone be like, nah. Even I've, yeah, I've never been turned away for an average cock. That would be weird though. But like, think about that. Pop culture has led me to believe that like that could be a thing. You also worked in or work in porn, so it's like you know you're around enormous cocks all the time. It's like Jesus, like yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And if you get self conscious about like having sex with someone who's had sex with huge cocks, it's really little dick energy. Yeah, I mean, I've never. I know girls that fuck some of my friends or dudes I know with monsters, and I'm just like, I'm still gonna fuck good. I also gonna eat pussy well too, so. That was it was key. It is key. Yeah, that's that's. I, I I like I like uh, I like when a chick has a good time, you know. I, that makes me feel good. You know. Well, definitely. I, I mean, that. that's how it should be, and it's also kind of the key to repeat business. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly fucking it. You want to get that again? You know, not fucking. Yeah, if she had a mediocre time, like well, she has options. Yeah, women always do. All of them. Oh, yeah. All of them, even really ugly ones. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they're still going to get laid potentially more than most guys you know. If they choose to. Yeah, exactly. I could lower my standards to nothing and possibly still, like, have a dry dick at the end of the night. If a woman lowers her standards as low as she wants or as low as possible, she will have multiple suitors. I would just like that. Be like be able to just go up to women and be like, I find you very attractive and I'd either like to take you out sometime or maybe just have sex. So why don't you? And a very honest Why don't you? Uh the fear of uh not the fear of uh, uh what is it? 
rejection. I'm used to that. It's more so like this day and age, like you never know who's going to fly off the handle and like go fucking nuts. Like, how should you ever ask me something? Why are you worried about that? I don't know. Girl, women can kill men too. Okay. They, they can murder men too. If, if they're willing they to murder crazy, you. If, they get crazy shit. They get I mean, if cakes. someone is willing to murder you, they're probably going to be willing to murder you at any point. So if you the, might as well shoot your shot. If a woman's willing to murder a man for that, she's probably really good in bed too. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, they say the crazier the better. I'm like, that's fucking, that's a whole nother level. That's like fucking Pluto crazy. But I mean, honestly, you're really worried about getting murdered? No, I'm not. So, I mean, so what's stopping not, you from not doing anymore. it? Not anymore. Then what's stopping you from doing it? I already dodged three bullets. Shit, two, three? Yeah. Two fucking potentially life-ending car accidents, a stabbing. What else? Oh, I mean, I got jumped a few times. So what are you worried about? Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you? Just lack of fucking, <laughs> just no motivation to do it, to deal with it. That sounds like a cop out of the I half. know. And I've also, you know, I just got here. Why weren't you doing it in Austin? Because uh, they have guns. No, I did. I, I had a good hookup with someone. But oh, she, yeah. well, how'd that go? It was great. She gave me uh, f- uh, five stars. And you left that behind? No, she's she didn't live there. She was a friend of Bobby's. Okay. Yeah, Bobby actually got me laid. Yeah, like, no, legit, I know. Like, I heard about that. Oh, yeah, like legit. Not like it was like uh, so-and-so thing. It was like. I, I heard a quote that said, oh, she said, got a grip like a farmer. Yes, that's her. And I used it in my stand-up. I'm still writing that joke. I, I want to iron it out because it was true. Like, all my jokes I really want to iron out are all... I mean, everything I say on stage is true. I've got to that point. Or just everything. But, yeah, I mean, she was fun. And we, we fucked the, that night and then again the next night. And she gave me, like I said, five-star review, repeat customer. And I was like, hmm, I had fun. You know? But she lives in Wisconsin. Hence the grip Gross. of the farmer. Yeah. Gross. She wasn't. She wasn't like farmer chick. She was, no, 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 no. no. I, I've, but I, Wisconsin, yeah, gross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, she actually she commented on something and was like, oh, can I come crashing your couch? And I'm just like, couch. Couch? I mean, maybe after I orgasm. I was like, is that code for dick? Well, why don't you fly her out? No. Why not? I, well, I got my niece staying with me, too. She can hold the camera. She's old enough. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll wait. I mean, your niece knows you fuck, right? I yeah, mean, if she, she didn't before, she knows now. Yeah, she knows. She's a, she's a good kid. Well, not kid, but young adult, so. Yeah. What are you going to do when she brings someone home? Um, I don't know. Maybe tell her, like, that we got to work on this. Cause my niece is also gay, so that's actually pretty cool because we check out chicks together. Well, hell. Yeah. Just most of the time, they want to fuck her and not me, so I get Well, it. yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense if they're into girls. Yeah. She's bi, but she's more gay. She's more into chicks and dudes, which is good. Just <laughs> You're just so, like, I don't want dudes in my house. It's so it's so nice. It's like, but then again, I mean, women are can be twenty two year old women can be a, a bit so two of them. That's a lot. Not your problem. Her relationship, you could. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I guess we'll have to have that talk. You're gonna have the talk with her. So yeah, the birds and the bees talk. Isn't it the birds and the birds talk at that yeah, point? That, yeah, there you go. Matt Slayer. Not a comedian. Not a comedian. Pure podcaster. Oh, man. Comedic personality, as I like to say. There we go. Podcaster of the comics. And you know, the occasional porn star. Yeah. Occasional. Mm. 
<laughs> the thirst on you when you showed up today. The thirst on you. Oh, oh. yeah. I was like, ah, look at this chick. Uh, uh, got some hotties on here, man. You know, it's nice. Makes for good content. Yeah, of course it does. I mean, that's what keeps the fucking audience. It's a hot girl, typically with great tits. It, you know, has a personality. You're going to get a lot of people tuning in for that. Not me. Trevor, Trevor. I don't know if it's the brisket or how the barbecue's been going, but you have great tits. I do. They're all natural, too. <laughs> great yeah, tits. I do. I'm proud of them. They're all natural. They're mine. I made them the way they are. Uh, all that Austin barbecue just. Yeah, mm. yeah well, they, they fucking. They got to settle down with that shit. There's other food out there in the world. They're just. It's everything. It's like brisket coffee, brisket tacos, brisket barbecue, brisket. Brisket, brisket, brisket donuts. Like it's like fucking listening to the fucking dude from uh, Forrest Gump. Fucking shrimp this, shrimp that. It's how it was. It's how it is in Austin with the brisket barbecue shit. I'm like Jesus, guys. There's other food out there. Brisket, fucking Chinese food. Brisket, brisket egg rolls. Brisket, brisket soup. Brisket. Stop ice it! Cream. I'm fucking getting hungry. <laughs> brisket cigarettes. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Getting hungry, Trevor. Yeah. Goddamn. It's like you guys got uh fish. You fish. You know, you're four hours from the ocean. You got to have fish. Like, there's other shit out there. Steak? I don't know. They got some good steakhouses there. Yeah, they do. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there some good food there. You know, I can't. I, I'm not shit. Not only Tim Dillon, but, you know, he's uh, he's famous and I'm not. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at how much he's making on Patreon alone. So, yeah. Yeah. He, like, bought a house and then turned around and rented it out because he didn't want to live there anymore. That's how much he makes. Like, Bought it like that. Yeah. No, Tim Dillon's doing well for himself. Yeah. Good on Tim Dillon. Yeah, good on him. Good on him and his uh his hair. He's got weird hair. He's got like floppy kid hair. I, I like mean, it. It's funny. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And instead of two aging dudes from Chicago being like, I wish I was making a quarter of what Tim Dillon was making. <laughs> wish I was making a quarter of it. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. I'm just I'm I'm just really happy being here, man. Like it's everything. Even my niece is like, you just are different. She's like, you know, she was out in Austin with me for a couple months, and she's made the. She's like, I like. It. She likes it better here. She had a, a rough go at Austin. She, there's, I introduced her to a good amount of people, and she did not have the best uh, experience with most of them. There's a few people she liked. There's a few people that were just shitty to her and just had an attitude, and she's like, "Like what the fuck happened?" She, it wasn't like anything. Uh, like they didn't go out of the way to shitty to be like cunts to her. They were just their attitudes of cunty. They weren't like, "Oh fuck this girl." It was more like, "What do you want?" You know, the service and the people she met and some of the comics she met. Like they gave her fucking really shitty attitude, and she's like, "I don't know why they're acting like this." You know, I'm working the door, I'm doing my job. And they're like, oh, I'm a comic. And she's like, I don't care. I don't know who you are. You have to still have to pay. Because my shows, I was like, unless you're on the show or you're a plus one, comics have to pay five bucks to get in because I had to rent the fucking room. Right. These, these fucking, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to fucking put the hammer down. These fucking assholes do not understand the business side. I had to rent that room for a long time. I, there was a lot of times where I did not make any money. I lost fucking money because I had to rent the room. And I had to pay the headliner because I guarantee headliners money. So I had to make a certain amount just to break even. And these fucking clowns, not all of them, some of them think they could just waltz in and hang out and leave. I go, I'm not renting this room for you to hang out. This isn't a fucking like a house party. And they treated it like that. And I was like, you don't understand the fucking business because all you care about is getting your five to seven to 10 minute sets in and go, go to a fucking open mic and do that. Don't come to my show where you have to pay because I have to rent the fucking room. 
And then I, I finally didn't have to rent the room. I got to the point where the owner and I had a really, we developed a really good working relationship. No longer had to rent the room. So I was able to lift it with a lot of comics, but it was just, it was like the fucking attitude there. It was just like, the entitlement? Oh, yes, the entitlement. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I look, look this person up on Instagram. I'm like, you're fucking nobody. Like, I'm sorry. I'm being an asshole, but you're a fucking nobody. You think you can walk in just because you say you're a comic. This isn't the comedy store. This isn't Los Angeles. You don't just go do that where they're making fucking hand over fist bunny. You know, this is a this is a one off show with an independent producer, promoter, me and comics that I, you know, it's like that I have to book that are promoting the show. And you think you can just walk in because you did an open mic a week ago. Like, fuck you. That's the shit that fucking really. What is it? Uh, what does Peter Griffin say? Burn my. Uh, I don't know. Piss me the fuck off. <laughs> Trevor Kevlis says, piss me the fuck off. And there is plenty of them. And the thing is, it's such a small town compared to where I've lived most of my life. And it's such a tiny industry there that that is magnified times more. When it's like there's 20 or 50 or 100 of that every day around here, it's not as big because it's happening. But there, it's like you have this attitude where, oh, I'm a comic. I'm like, well, this isn't a comedy club. This is a comedy show. There's a fucking difference. I have to rent the room. There's a cover. If you don't want, want to pay the cover, you can go down to the other club that lets you in for free and you sit in the back, you know, in the outdoor area and smoke your fucking weed out there. And I've told people that and they look at me and I'm like, that's, there's, this is a business. And if you can't respect the business, then you're never going to fucking make it in this town or not in this town, but you're never going to make it in this business. And that's what I say is the business side of it. There's not many people in that town that really, truly understand the business side of it. There are some. Yeah, there's some fucking dudes that know what they're doing there. This guy, Josh Castro, knows what he's doing with the business. He really understands how to market, how to build the business, how to do it. And he's a, and he's a Texan, you know, he's not from LA, New York, but there is plenty of that shit. And my niece was getting, you know, getting dirty looks, getting, you know, cause she's a young girl. She's attractive. She's got tattoos a little bit. Like she's got a, you know, a really good look. And the, you know, you see the female comics come in that kind of like give her the evil eye or stink eye or like kind of shitty with her. And she's like, what the fuck's their problem? I'm like, they're fucking insecure is what the problem is. Insecurity and in comedy. No, oh, never, sh never. Shocking revelations here on our podcast, but that stuff, it's like, just, why can't you be fucking cool? Well, why can't you just be cool? Why can't you just be like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. I'm a comic. I'm on the show. I'm friends with... No, they just walk in with a fucking nose up their ass or up, up their whatever. Nose up up in the air and their fucking thumb up their ass. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, you, you, who the fuck are you? Why are you acting like you're fucking bigger than you are? Don't do that shit. Be fucking humble. Well, but honestly, like the real big people don't have to act like that either. Exactly. It they don't have to. They shouldn't. And they, But they don't. I don't... You know, uh, I didn't have a big comic walk in and be like, yeah, I'm fucking, uh, they just like, hey, how's it going? They check in. Hey, can I? Right. Because if you have to like, yo, Google me. Yeah. Like that means they don't know who you are. You have, you have wannabe comics trying to big league people in that town and people that like me that were part of the scene here in LA comedy. And I see that, see right through your shit. And I'm like, fuck you. And I know who they are. They're all in my fucking head. Well, I mean, it's crazy. just like you, <laughs> if I don't recognize you. You're obviously not that fucking famous. Yeah. If Chappelle walked in the fucking door, I know who Dave Chappelle is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I had a number of LA comics that were in town in Austin that were telling the other comics like that fucking dude, what he did for LA comedy in the, you know, four or five years, he was, he had that club. He's like, 
he's a fucking you know rel battle was talking about it to my friend danny is you know gave him the whole breakdown he's like what he did for comedy and he was always putting people up and develop more rooms and gave people a place when they couldn't they gave the comics that were up and coming at the comedy store and then the improv because i sort of work with those guys i was giving as much as i could to them because they weren't getting up as much at the comedy store because it was getting flooded and they're bringing in all the big names all the time because you have like a tuesday night show would have 10 legit like the top 10 comics in the country. that would be like a thousand dollar show anywhere else in the country anywhere you have burt kreischer joey diaz joe rogan you know chris delia pre whatever brian uh, callen brian callen theo vaughn yeah. like whitney cummings annie lederman you have monsters upon ali wong fucking Allie, yes just dropping in bill burr drops in and it, that's usually comedy chaos sam show and it's like that was a normal fucking tuesday was was the best of the best of the comedy store dropping for comedy chaos. And, and I'm like, you know, it's like, I, that's what I was coming from. So when I say, I mean, and I tell people, you know, the six people that will listen to this, how many, I'm kidding. <laughs> See that camera? 600 that for, people that will listen to that this. That is for Trevor. That is for Trevor right there. That. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm dissing Austin, but it's, they, a lot of them did not no, no, you just just me instead. You're just like the six people that listen. Yeah. Fuck you. I like Austin because it gave me the opportunity to get up a lot and 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 flex and stretch my legs and do things and to host my own shows. It gave me a lot. I I got a lot as a as a an artist and a performer out of it. But it also there was like I, I considered like trying to mentor people like just the basics of things. Just really simple things. I'm not a fucking guru, but I wanted to help people so much. And I did. I helped a few people and they they're thankful for it. But there's other people that I was just like, you guys, your head's too far up your fucking ass. You know, just because just because you're on a show and people laughed and they clapped and like a big comic said, Great job, doesn't mean you're a fucking monster. Doesn't mean you're a beast. It's like it's a t- it's a 10 year commitment. It's you know. You it's longer that. than that. I yeah. mean, it's longer than that it's, because at the end of the day, you could be 10 years in and still be middling. Yes. I was going to say it's a 10. You have to 10 years is where you have to start. You start, of course, zero, but you get to 10 years. That's when you're really going to find it. I'm at about seven years or so, but six of those years are in LA and I was getting up more than most people I know. I honestly don't Thankfully. think it's hard and fast. I, cause you have people like Ali McCoskey, yes. who's, you know, about the same amount of time you're in. Yeah. And fucking absolutely murder it. Yeah. Absolutely murder. Yeah. Cause she also, she also got to work with one of the, you know, some of the best comics in the fucking country and world. So that's going to bring her level up. That was something I had a conversation with Nathan Hurd a week or two ago. He goes, Austin's great. I love this town. I go, I do too. He's like, but you're not going to, you're not going to grow. You're going to grow, but you're not going to get to the next level because he's like, I had to follow this person. I had to follow this person. I had to middle this. I had to, uh, I had to go, I had to feature this. I had to go up before. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you get better. And that's what Tripoli did to me. Well, at the, the, of the dojo. at the end of the day, if your tank is only so big, you're eventually going to just grow to the size of the tank. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it is getting, there's a good scene there and it's a good scene to start and build. But if you want to like, like really get good, you've got to go where the talent's better because that's how you get better. And that's, like I said, the first year at the dojo, Sam was making me follow and Get in front and middle with these fucking monsters. Oh, and I watched you bomb yes. a lot. Monsters. Fucking yeah. a lot. 
And, and, but it made me better, but it built that self-confidence, but not the fake self-confidence. It's holy shit. I got to follow DeRosa. I have to follow, you know, fucking, uh, Ryan Singler. I have to follow, you know, I'm like all these fucking beasts. And I'm like, uh, Byron Bowers, what is, or, uh, so-and-so is going to drop and you have to follow him or her now. I'm like, Oh, and, and, but it's like, shut the fuck up, go up there, do your set, be funny, make your mistakes, correct your mistakes and continue to, to down that path. And that's what I did. And it was, and, and I look back and I, and I tried to do that with some of the comics in uh, in Austin. And I had one guy that fucking got really shitty with not shitty, but he was like, Oh, I, I'm like, this is how you're going to get better. You fucking moron. Just, just trust me. This is what was taught to me by the greats. And I'm teaching you because you'll never be able to sit in a, a room with them and talk to them for hours. So I'm telling you what they told me. And they're like, oh, well, I don't want do I have to follow. I'm like, you're going to get better. Brian Holtzman, no one wants to follow in that town. I had a comic hit me up, DM me and say, hey, can I come in and follow Holtzman? Uh, uh, Ishan Ahmad, a fucking great comic from L.A., comedy store guy that's out there. Ishan, Ishan Ahmad, whatever. And he's like, I want to follow Holtzman. I was like, just want a guest spot. He's like, I just want to come in and follow me. He's like, I need to see how my shit is. And that's how you test it is if you can follow Brian Holtzman in Austin and still keep the crowd, you're going to, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. That's a daunting task anywhere. Yeah. Holtzman's a goddamn cartoon. Yeah. He's fucking incredible. Like it's, it's like, but, but for, but that's something that I'm not going to get there. That was an LA comic that wanted that. And he wanted that because he was really grinding and working that, ten, I think it was a 10 minute set. And I was like, and I respect that so fucking much. And I was like, dude, you're fucking welcome on any fucking show I have. Cause he's like, that. if I bomb my bomb. Yeah. Cause he's got to learn, you know, and that's how you're going to get better and learn is if I can follow a, you know, a Holtzman, of course, but like a, just a strong comic. It's like, that's how you're going to get better. Yeah. Cause Holtzman will exhaust an audience. Like yeah. that after yep. a good Holtzman set, like, the audience will be fucking like spent They're like yeah i came i i'm gonna light my cigarette now yeah exactly like, who's this motherfucker talking to me while i'm trying to enjoy my post-codal cigarette exactly that is the fucking best way to put it and it's like wait a second whoa 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 and you know because my dick's still fucking tender and like you want to rub it some more i dude i've seen i've seen comics follow uh i saw a comic like walk half the room and i looked over at the guy booking the show i was like what the fuck is wrong with you why the fuck did you put this comic up this early? If someone's going to walk the room that much, you put them at the very fucking end and you know better. Was the material offensive or was they bad? Or they bad? Bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand. I, I, offensive material is fine. I don't give a shit. But well, yeah, as but long it, as like, it's good. But if it's offensive material, it's going to yeah. walk a room. That's different, yeah. Like, like that. that's on the audience for being a shit audience at that point. Yes. But if they're just bad. Yeah, they're, they were just bad. Like, if they're just bad, why are you putting them up? Yeah. And I understand, but that's those are the the late night, the late spots, the last spots. Right. You put up people that are still developing. Yeah. After like half your audience has already left, or they're so drunk they don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, comedy chaos. Those those five minute late spots. That was me. I got to close out. I was on three comedy chaos shows, and I closed out each one. And honest to God, no one walked. I I had a good time. I did well. I did. They're waiting on their checks. Yeah. But they laughed, and I had people come up after me. Cause I remember I was, I was kind of starting to freak out a little bit at one of the shows. I think I had a friend or family in town and it was, uh, I had this big sweater on and these jeans and these boots or whatever. And I, and, uh, it was, I think it was Josh Wolf and Tripoli were in back with me and they started talking shit about my outfit. They said something and I just said, I was, uh, I was embracing my inner Nazi or embracing my inner German. That's what it was. Cause it just, it looked like a very militant outfit. 
and I opened up with that, which is kind of like, uh, usually you don't open up with a new joke, but I was like, fuck it. In a kind of an amateur. Self-deprecating. And- yeah. And I was like, I was like, excuse my outfit. I'm just embracing my inner German. And it hit hard and the crowd just fucking boom. There's just like that, you know, hitting a fucking symbol. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I went into my set. I did really good. I had people come up after me, follow me on Instagram, you know, all that. But it's, but those, that, that type of show, there's some people that are there for both shows. You know how fucking long those shows are. There, it's 1.30 in the morning and I'm closing it out, you know, and I'm doing six minutes. And the coolest part about closing out that show is giving the ending credits, the thanking the crowd. To me, that was a gigantic sentimental thing. It was, it was like almost bigger than the set because I got to thank this room, this prolific room. And these yeah, the, the comedy store main room. Yes. The amount of people that like will never step on that stage ever. And I got to do it three times and close out every single show. And that is huge. And it's like, granted, there was no longer 400 people there. There's one of the shows. There's like 80, 90 people, which is still a good amount, but still, but being in front of all those people. And there's one, this is when I used to do my Italian bit. I did it and it landed fucking great. And at the end of the night, I was sitting on the side. It was like late there. The staff was cleaning up. And the entire staff were talking to each other. The comics, the door guys, the servers are bullshitting, and they're all talking like Italians. They're all like doing, hey, because hey, hey, it was a dumb joke, but it, it either hits or it doesn't. And they were all talking like it. And I was, and it made me feel good. And I leaned over and I was like, look at them. They're all doing, they're all kind of like mimicking the bit. As dumb as it is, it's in their head. I go, it wasn't about like, oh, they think this is funny. I go, there's a psychological thing about the bit. And that's what I was going for. It wasn't like, oh, it's funny or it's not. It's psychological. People remember it. And they remember me. I mean, that's how advertising works, too. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, how many ads have you seen? We're like, that is fucking stupid, but you're still talking about it. Exactly. And it worked. I had people come up to me, you know, randomly. They're like, hey, guy. Hey, Drew. As long as you don't end up, you get her done. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I had to do that. But uh, as much as you like talk shit about Larry the Cable Guy's get her done, there's a lot of money Look in that. What get- he fucking did with that? Right. There's a lot of money in get her done. Dude, yeah. He was on like fucking gas station TVs. He was everywhere, man. He had a couple like horrible movies out of it, too. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, there's people who make fun of it, but there are also people making fucking $18 an hour at Starbucks not kicking out homeless people. Well, uh, shit. To quote Metallica. Yeah, we sold out. We sell out every night. It's true. It's fucking true. I mean, uh, Tool has a song about it. Uh, Hooker with a penis. One of the lyrics is, I, uh, I sold out before you ever knew, ever knew who I was or something like that. It's like, yeah, they fucking did. It's like everyone sells out to a certain degree. Well, at the end of the day, this is show business, not fucking show fun. Thank you. I've been saying that for fucking years. Fucking years. And in Austin, you can get away with it. It's show fun. It's, oh, it's a, is it a paid spot? I fucking, some clown chick fucking four months in, open mic or asked me if it was a paid spot. It's like, I don't even, I, I don't, you asked me if it, for a spot, you fucking idiot. I go, yeah, I pay in uh, king size pre-rolls and they're actually pretty big and good. She's like, oh, uh, all right. And I'm like, I will never book you again. Then I watch her fucking eat shit and bomb just because she's cute. People, la- she wasn't good at all. And I'm like, I was like, God, you. Well, that was assholes. a failure on your part as a promoter for putting her fucking up. Yeah, I well, she, 
I needed, I had three females drop out and I needed to make sure that the, the show <laughs> like, was even. You're like out of desperation. Yeah, for real. I mean, I try to make my shows. I'm honest to God. Like I like the diversity in my show. I really enjoy diversity. Yeah, but why put diversity over quality? God, tell, ask LA that. LA cares more about diversity than quality. Yeah, but I don't book shows, so. Yeah, it's, but at least here you can find di- a lot of diversity. Yeah, but I uh, don't think you should ever be putting someone up just because they're no. diverse. The talent should sign through. It should always, 100%. And I and I was like, all right, let's see this girl. I, it was a guest spot. But at the time, I was getting sponsored by you know a CBD company, so I was giving out all these CBD pre-rolls. It was a guest spot. I needed to mix it up. I was like, all right, let's see how she is. And I was like, she's not good. She's never getting booked again. That's it. And she never got booked again. But she gets booked on. She's getting booked all over because she's pretty. That's it. And I'm sorry. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And that shit bugs the fuck out of me because she's cute. If she was not attractive, she wouldn't be getting booked. Yeah. That fucking bothers me. Why? Because it's bullshit. This comedy. Guess what? It's supposed to be laughing. Every aspect of life is based on like, hey, Hot people get fucking shit handed yeah, to them. But comedy, it, comedy was a sacred ground for ugly people to go to be good and enjoy their yeah, life. Yeah, and guess what? If you want to, the be, talented ugly people are still going to rise to the fucking top. They are, but hot, attractive, whatever. Hot, attractive people stick, still get fucking shit handed to them. Stick to fucking acting. Stick to modeling. Stick to fucking doing commercials. Oh, all stop that shit. being so Stay fucking over there. upset and petty about it. Stay over no, there. No, it is attractive a fact people. of fucking life. Attractive people get shit. Get out of here. What's his name? Hot guy. That's like, what's it? Colin? Colin Kane? Guy's too good looking to be comedy, to be a comedian. At the end of the day, talent rises to the top. I don't knock anyone All, who uses their natural fucking given you know, abilities, but, talents to fucking further their but career. The, but then again, there's no comic that's like a beast that's hot or is a beast because they're hot. I'm talking. Well, I agree. I'm talking like entry level to mid level. No, I mean I agree. Yeah. Like every every beast of a comic, male or female, right now is I don't think is like hot. Be- they they didn't get there because they're hot. They got there because they're good. I agree. I still think Wendy Cummings is hot. Oh, she's yeah, she's hot. But, I, I, but she I, didn't get there because no, hot. she didn't yeah. get there because she's hot. She got there because she's, she's fucking talented. fucking good. Yeah. I mean, and really Prime good. Sarah Silverman, woo, yeah. Chef's Kiss. She's been around for fucking yeah. Well, I mean, Whitney but also. also she got because she's fucking talented. Yeah, Whitney's got three massive credits that people forget about. She was in, like a, a showrunner on three major shows. She had three of her own TV shows. It's like, or she was an EP or whatever. It's like, on top of being an incredible fucking stand up comic. So she's very diverse in her art form. Oh, no. And in, in no way, shape, or form was I saying Whitney Cummings is there oh, yeah. because she's hot. No, I'm just acknowledging she that just, she's hot. She just happens to be really hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Ali Wong's a smoke show too. You know, but it's, I don't think it's too fertile for my taste. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But she didn't get there because of, you know, that she got there because she's fucking funny. Right. It's just, you know, but then again, like I said, I'm speaking. But that's the thing. That's why you shouldn't fucking hate on it because like anyone who's like getting ahead because they're hot is going to be like mid tier at best. Yeah. Because they're hot. You know what? I, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. 
I'm guilty of booking attractive women. You? Yes. I'm guilty of booking women because they're attractive? No! They put asses in the seats, and that's what people wrote my ass about was, you know, there needs to be more people here, so I book attractive comics that, that were... But when all they do is they, they constantly lean on their looks, it's like, you still got to write and be funny, and I explain that to them. Like, you still got to write and be funny. You can't just stand up there and be like, oh, my God, look at my boobs. Oh, my God, I'm so funny. It's like, you're a fucking idiot. You're a clown. But it's, the flip side is, if they put 15, 20 asses in the seats, that's that's the fucked up part. Is it fucked up or just how it, life it, works? Yeah, it's it's how life works. Yeah, it's not fucked up. It's just how life works. Yeah. I mean, See, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. Like, if you're hot and you can get ahead because you're hot, good on you. It, it you just means what? ugly motherfuckers like us have to just work a little harder. Exactly. And it is what it is. It's reality. Yeah. That's just the way the fucking world works. It Sex is. sells no matter what. 100%. If a hot girl eating a fucking gross ass hearty sandwich can sell hearty sandwiches. Yeah. That's just how it works. Yeah. Fucking assholes. Like, don't hate on it. I can don't talk, hate on it. I'm not hating. I'm just talking no, shit. That was definitely some hate. Fucking assholes. Yeah, but I get over. The thing is, I get over shit. I'll be like, ah, fucking screaming, yell. And I mean, five minutes there, like, yeah, whatever. Did you really get over it? You brought it to this podcast. It's been festering in you for some time. I've talked about it a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is festering. But this is, what, this is what the podcast is for, is for me to get let out my festeringness. It is. It is. But at the end of the day, I'm not hitting on it. Like, now, A little bit, but no. Me, I am a little bit. The hypocrisy of it is, you're still booked her. Yeah. I, well, the one time. Never but the once. The one, yeah. That's one more time than you had to. Yeah. And you're like, you knew that she was just going to put asses in seats because she's attractive. You used her. Uh, she didn't put any... This other one, yes, but this this one that was new that hadn't done shit, she put nothing in the seat. She didn't even promote. But you were shit. gambling that she would. I was hoping she'd do something. Right, exactly. Yeah. You used her. Yeah. To do her fucking job. You're a young comic, you're a new comic, you should be promoting every that's the other thing. If you're a young comic, new comic, uh, a comic with no following, you should be promoting promoting every single fucking show you're on whether you're being paid or not or anything you should promote the fuck out of yourself all the time because you actually ever get good and you don't have a following you're never going to get fucking anywhere well you've this, got to promote your fucking self this is what something I used so to many say. comics won't fucking do it because i would track down all the comics i have them on my phone and i would go to their social media and i wouldn't see them promoting a fucking show even if i booked them and guaranteed them money and or a fucking pre-roll and i go and i wouldn't see anything promoting and i was like you will never get booked again you don't understand the fucking business you're a hobbyist and you're full of shit whether you're good or not i agree promote the fucking show i agree and when i was working in music when i was working in music one of the things i used to say to my artists all the fucking time is it doesn't matter if you have the best sound in the world if no one knows you exist thank you yes fuck yes i i worked for a guy this is many moons ago my my first uh, uh adult career i was a technical recruiter in it and telecommunications and I worked for a guy who was uh, a professional musician in the 60s and 70s. And he told me some of the best musicians you will ever hear in your life will be in shithole bars in the middle of fucking nowhere. Because they don't know the business. They don't know how to promote themselves to get anywhere. Well, and, and this is be- why there is a whole, like we're in LA. That is why there is a whole business around music that are people that are not, or just entertainment in general. There's a whole circle of people around entertainment that are not entertainers. Yeah. Because... There's something about the brain that if you are artistically inclined, you are probably not business analytical inclined. Yeah. 
it's very rare when you have both. Yeah. And and it's and I and I saw it and I just wanted <sighs> to like just and it happens here. I'm not this isn't a shit on Austin. I've seen plenty of it here in LA where oh, are not promoting shows are on and then it's like they expect and I'm like and I've heard comics say, well, if I'm not uh what is it? If I'm not getting paid, I'm not promoting or book. I'm like, you're fucking nobody. Nobody knows who you are. Well, why would you do that? You you're really still care putting, about your 10 bucks that much. You're still putting you're in fucking paid. work, right? Yeah. Like do something. You have to, you have to go crazy. You don't have to make I mean, videos like, why, and put it everywhere. Why are you going up if you're not going to let people know about it? Yeah. It, it takes 10 minutes when you're on the toilet, taking your morning shit, put it on your social medias. It takes 10 minutes tops. Copy the fucking hashtags. Dude, I did this every single fucking day for my shows and everything I had going on constantly as a promoter for my own shows, other shows, whatever. It was on all my social medias all the time, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And guess what? They weren't all connected. I did it separately because they all have their own language. It's true. And, it's it, true. and it's, that's just, and I won't, I will never stop doing that. That's just who I am. And that's what I'll always do is continue. I mean, that's what you have to do to try to succeed. Yeah. Continue to push my shit. That's what you I have to do. keep continuing to push your shit till you get to a level where other people are pushing it for you. Yeah. And, and there's a handful of people that were, there's people out or sorry, people here in LA pushing my shows in Austin. Cause they fucking, they, they believed in my shit. I, I may have retweeted a thing or two. Yeah. See, thank you. I mean, but you know, it's humble that, brag, <laughs> but that shit's cool. Like, well, but I, we should, everybody at our level should be helping each other. We're all home. But uh, that, that's also, other. I did it for my own. I mean, obviously, I want to help my friends. Yeah. But also, part of it is just like, as I've become more of a content creator over the years, it's just like, oh, yeah. So many people, because they have access to you as a person. Yeah. That are actually like supposed to be your friends, supposed to be in your circle, don't want to spend the effort because, like, oh, that's just, you know, yeah. they don't view you as an actual legitimate entertainer because yeah. they're a dude who knew you yes, beforehand. Exactly. I have consciously gone out of my way to try to support my friends. Yeah. Because that's what I want for my shit. Yeah. We should all like, it's like people have like, you know, they, they kind of have their crews and this and that. But if at these levels, you know, from here and to that kind of like coming in, going into mid level, you start to get known a little bit. Like we should all be, I I'm a, I'm a like whore. I will like everything I can. And I noticed with my algorithm too, it's wherever I live. Like I started seeing shit, from my friends in LA again because I'm here. When I was in Austin, I didn't see anything, and I was like, "What's going Fuck on?" Fuck you! I didn't. But it, but that but I definitely like some shit. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like I don't, I wasn't seeing it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So and so, I'm like, "Why isn't this?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's because I'm, you know, my phone, my the geography of it." Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't pop up, and I understand that, but but it's also crazy to look at the fact that like people that I'm not super close with are some of my biggest supporters. Yeah, it's so weird to be like, "Hey." I would do anything for you. You're one of my best friends. Could you reshare my fucking content? I know, dude. I know. I asked a friend of mine to to post a show a few weeks ago, and he didn't. And I was pissed because he's, he's, you know, he's well known. And I was like, oh, come on. It's just, just help me out, man. Like, I got low ticket sales. Like, I do it for, for him. If it was the other way around. It's a, it's a psychological thing for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, man. Like, well, because it's like I'll help people in any way I can to a certain degree. You know, if I'm going to hurt myself or my brand, uh, well, obviously, you don't want to hurt yourself, but like doing things that are like minimal fucking effort. Yeah. But it's also like people when they're working in entertainment, like no one wants to spend money. Like, 
I'm guilty of this. I'll, I'll admit it. Like, I never paid for a fucking dojo show. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. But, but no, but it is and it isn't. Like, at the like, end of the day, I should be supporting with my fucking wallet. But you were something kind, I believe in. You were kind of an employee. That's the other thing. Like, you did stuff. So it's like you were like an independent contractor. It's you know? true. But it, at the end of the day, like, this is something I believe in. I should have been supporting it with my wallet to some degree on some of the shows. You bought drinks. Oh, well, yeah, those are for me. Yeah. <laughs> you supported <laughs> the bartender. I mean, I definitely had a yeah. comp tab a lot of times, too. But. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but on the flip side, it's just like the amount of my friends who were like actively work in fucking entertainment were like, would never even consider supporting like a Patreon or something yeah. like that. Like, and it's not just me. Like, are you supporting any other comics Patreons? I don't listen to anything. Exactly. I'm but not I, either. But, but I just don't listen to them. But even it's, if you did, like, even yeah, if, that's no, you're, you're right. I just, I've this like, I don't, I don't even listen to Rogan's podcast anymore. I don't listen to any podcast, nothing. I'll listen to this. Uh-huh. You're like, but, I'll hear my own voice. That's the other thing is, but, I was, but like, I was, when you work in this shit, like, yeah, it's just kind of an expectation. Like, I just don't listen to podcasts anymore. I stopped. I kind of got like, um, it took away from my creativity too. Cause I'd listened to somebody, a comic and I'm like, I fucking said the same thing on Sandra. I think the same thing. Now, if I say that again, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like you're a joke thief. Yeah, exactly. And that happened with Tim Dillon on a couple things. We, I said that almost the same exact thing that he he made a joke about. Uh, Austin is just a place for like fat chicks from Nashville go to vacation or something like that. Or, and I said the same thing months ago about people from Chicago. I go, Austin's a is a place from people from Chicago go to fucking rage for the weekend. You know, where they don't want to spend too much money. So they go to Austin. And it was like a kind of story joke. And he said that. And I was like, fuck, that's funny. But I said a similar thing. And we think the same way. But I can't say that now. So. Well, because he, he casts a bigger shadow. Exactly. You know. So it was it was that kind of stuff, too. Like, well, I, I'm not lot, calling you out. I'm not, not like consuming other people's content. I'm no, calling you out. Like, you are right, though. Most I, sh- people I, in should, be. I should be. We all should be. But. Most of us aren't. Most of us have like this expectation. Like, if I'm paying a cover to get into the comedy store, like something's weird. If yeah. I like, when you work in this industry, it's like we don't want to actually support other people working in this industry with our yeah. wallets. Well, that's what I was saying about these young new comics trying to get into shows for free at my shows, and it's five bucks. Uh, all that is 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 a beer and a half or a coffee. But at, at the end of the day, Trevor, like as much as we're calling them out on that, they've. They've been fast because of Austin's scene. They have been fast tracked to being at a level where they think yeah. that they're entitled to such things. I, I've definitely, I hate to admit it, but like I probably would have gotten shitty, like not shitty, but like been like, oh, okay, I guess I'm paying to get into the show. If I had ever walked into a dojo show and been like, yeah, hey, Matt, you got to pay the cover. I'm like, okay. Well, there's the thing was the dojo, I didn't have to pay into it. Right, right, but like I don't know that. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know the mechanics behind it. Yeah, and that was that was what my Green Jay show also was. It was uh, it was one show, sometimes two shows a week. It wasn't a club. It was a show in a like, and these comics. I was explaining it to them like this isn't a comedy club. This is a place that's doing a comedy show, and I. But there's a big I difference. Mean, I I get that on a conscious level, but I also understand where they're coming from. Yeah, but it's. I mean, yeah. it doesn't make it right. It doesn't yeah. make it right. I mean, I'm just saying like. I see their point. Yeah. I see their point. They don't want to pay five bucks to come in and see, you know, 
comedy but the also comics like to come into shows and like hang out and then try to get on a show if it's a hot crowd or just get on a show or that there's other just like kind of sleazily going and they're trying to like bang chicks in a sense like a sleazy dude trying to bang chicks i but, don't disagree with but any just of this. trying to get stage time instead i don't disagree with any of this it's but, just it's a weird psychology of like hey we're part of this art we're part of this scene but we none of us want to yeah. support it with our wallets yeah all of us have this expectation of like hey we're part of this yeah that is for the fucking tourists. Yeah. That is for the fucking plebs. Yeah. To fucking spend money on this. And, and it's a weird fucking thing. It, and it's, I I agree and I disagree. Like with the, everything about the industry. It's like, um, it's kind of like you got to earn, you got to earn your stripes. Like you can't just show up and just think you can just do what you want because you kind of got to earn your stripes. Like, well, I agree. You got to earn your stripes. I'm just saying because of Austin scene, yeah. people are fast tracked and they are. Yeah. There's, there's comics doing 10 minutes. I've been doing comedy for three months. Right. Like, it fucking weirds me out. It's just the expectation. But, like if they came to LA, no, no one knows who the fuck you are. Yeah. No, you're not established here. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't but, weird me out. It's just like, like it's just the difference in yeah. how the scene is. But I understand where they're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand. It. But it's just a weird psychology. Like, yeah. Just I would, you know, I would, I will make a conscious effort to start uh, financially supporting my patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. Yes. My, my, <laughs> sorry, my sorry that was stuff. dirty as fuck. Because, because it's five, all it is is five bucks a month. I go, that's just one less coffee at Starbucks or two for some people. Right. You know, so it's, I think of it that way. It's five bucks. That's nothing. I mean, I was I picked up a couple of different girls only fans last year during the pandemic, the shutdown because they were charging three bucks. Yeah, that's cheaper than a fucking beer. It's cheaper. Than, it's, it's like that's like a cup of coffee. At, it like, is. Someplace. Like it is. I was like three bucks to maybe see your tits. Fuck yeah. Or to like see great cleavage. Fuck, I'm down. And that, but some of them were like trying to hose you. It's like, oh, it's only five dollars a month, and then you pay the five, and then you don't see any tits. You're like, ah, I got hosed. No, I mean this is the hustle. But it's but some of these girls also were showing those pictures on Instagram. I'm like, I just, but it was five fuck. That's the thing. It was five fucking dollars. I didn't give a shit. Right. I. And it's a girl I know or something. Like I have no. Fucking uh, how many OnlyFans of girls you know? Did you? Two. 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 How many of them were worked at bars you've worked at? two none one girl was a like she wasn't even a comic she was trying to be um but i was she had great tits i want to see them and then this other girl uh there's nothing wrong with that another girl amazing tits i just want to see him but it, she charged 40 dollars to see him and i was like no i'll make i'll give you the three bucks a month or five bucks a month or whatever that's not a big deal that was government money by the way that wasn't me paying you. That was fucking. Oh, no, no, no. That uh, was Uncle Sam paying I had a guest who uh, talked about this. Like, OnlyFans spiked every time the stimulus checks came out. Big time, yeah. And I had no problem admitting it I, anywhere. I was like, yeah. Who, oh, there's like a meme going around. I've never spent money to see an OnlyFans. I'm like, oh, good for you, you fucking high and mighty cunt. Like, I did. Some of these girls I knew, and some of them I didn't know. And guess what? I want to see nice tits. I like tits. What's wrong with that? Why can't I give five bucks to see tits? Strip clubs are okay. Porn. Well, what about porn up? I'm like, yeah, I go, I go, I know I can see free uh, tits on Pornhub and X hamster, but I want to see her tits because I've been following her on Instagram for the past two years. Yep. And Supply now I have an opportunity. Demand. Yeah. And now Supply I have an opportunity. Demand. And it's like, cool, nice tits. I like those. Here's three bucks. Like, ooh, five bucks, whatever. Even 10, 10 ain't shit still. 10's a fucking, 10's a shot of Jameson. 
with Tip at Mrs. Robinson's Pub located in Toluca Lake, California. I mean, for fuck's sake, we spent almost $10 on just doing a bit earlier. So (laughs) for real, it's like, man, like I, I paid for shows in Austin when I first got there. I had my money out. I had someone, uh, one of the comics, she invited me to the show. I was like, oh yeah. I was like five bucks. And she's like, you paid? I go, yeah, it's five bucks. She's like, I don't know why you paid. I'm like, because it's five bucks. But that is also the reinforcement mentality. Like, oh no, but I didn't care. Well, no, bucks. I know, I know you don't care. And yeah. there's been times where I've paid to like paid cover at music or fucking yeah. And whoever invited me, I was like, why did you pay? Yeah, it's it's a weird dichotomy where it's just like once you're behind the rope, behind yeah. the people. And are, also, I've been spoiled for a very long time working in bars and restaurants, mostly bars and nightclubs for the majority of my adult life. It's also crossed over to entertainment, obviously in the past, you know, seven years now, but I also worked with professional athletes for a long time. So I was going to a lot of UFC, every UFC fight for free, a lot of other types of things, um, not UFC, but MMA organizations for free. So I was like, I've been spoiled for, and going back to my mid twenties, I was working with DJs and models in Chicago back in the early to mid two thousands, where I was going to these clubs and pr- putting, doing these events, getting in for free. Cause I was essentially promoting and working with them and booking them and doing stuff. So it's like, I was, I kind of just been used to it, but I have no fucking problem dropping. To, if it's like, Oh, I want to see a show. No fucking problem. Easy. No big deal. On one hand, I have no problem. On the other hand, I will. I will but grumble. if I can get it for free, I will. Right, exactly. That's I okay. Will. And I, there's been times where like my entire month's gone through and I've grumbly like yeah. handed my fucking money over like, I feel like. Well, it's also independent things because that's what we are. We're independents because that money goes to the production, the pay and everything. And a lot of the times we're not making fucking dick if we're, if we're making anything or breaking even. So independently produced programs or shows or whatever i have no problem my friend dennis is a musician out here he's in a uh, fucking awesome band and i tell him i go don't put me on a list I, if that money is going to you i go i 100 percent want to that's my token of gratitude for you entertaining me for a few hours doing music like i want that but he and he's like i don't want you to pay because of what you've done for me and da da da. And i was just like it's five ten bucks dude it's okay like yeah it's it's then it turns into just this, a weird psychology yeah it is it's it's very weird i i posted an article on my socials a month or two ago about a musician who wrote about the shit and it's just like there's just something in the human psychology where it's like it's weird to support people that you're actually too close to yeah it is, yeah. It, it, you think it's a it's a uh, unconscious jealousy of if I don't even think it's you? a jealousy, but like I, because I definitely think with some of my like you know my close friends, people I've known for years, it's just like, oh, that's Matt's hobby. Like, why would I? Yeah, people. Think, why would oh, I just? Get, why would yeah. I just give Matt money for his hobby? Well, people in Lyle and Naperville are like, oh, Trevor, the drunk bartender that's sober now. Oh, he just he's doing comedy, huh? Like. Well, we always thought he was funny, but now he's trying to like actually. Yeah, because you're not selling out Madison Square and you're not headlining yeah. the store. Because they don't view you as successful. No. So why should they support it? Exactly. It's it's a weird like, yeah. especially over the pandemic where like I have because of Twitch because of now the Patreon, I have literally reached out to people like, yo, please open up your wallets. It helps. It's weird because like <laughs> I had these I wrote these jokes. I'm like, comics are so cheap they won't pay to get into a show, but they'll buy an eight ball. Eight balls like two hundred bucks. It's like, 
the fuck's wrong with you? Comics are fuck. Some comics are so cheap. They won't pay to get into a show and they'll go to see a movie and they'll be like, Hey, uh, my friend is background in this movie. Can I get in for free? It's just like, what? <laughs> that see that joke would work here in LA, but it wouldn't work in Austin. But I also think background. a lot of that is entitlement, not necessarily yeah. being cheap. See, I got, I got blessed in because of Sam. Yeah. You know, with the, and the dojo. And then what I was doing, what I did with the dojo wasn't just like my playground. I gave so many opportunities to so many different comics at every fucking level that people respected me where I would walk into a club and they're like, you're good. You're good. Come up. I was in a line at the improv to see Rogan a few years ago with my ex. And they're like, is that Trevor? And I was like, hey. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm standing in line because I was on a list and everything. But I stood in line and they're like, what do you come here? And I walk up and everyone turns on the line. They're like, oh, yeah, and they go seat me, no problem. But I, but I was like, you know, I didn't go to the improv a lot, so I didn't feel like doing that whole, like, eh. But the store. Don't you know who I am? But the store, all the people there knew me because the store staff would come to Sycamore all the time. And not just to. to well, a lot of them would get, get up. Yeah. And, and some of them just came there to hang out. Punky Johnson, especially. She would come there and just hang out. She'd watch football. She'd hang out with us. She'd drink. She'd party. She'd eat. You know, uh, Feng Chao would do the same thing. They're homies. This guy, Nick Kirkus. Like, all these store employees were just hanging out there, you know, and they could get up if they wanted, but like even before or after shows, they just hang there. So it was like, there was this little community being built with us. And, and I did, and I told all the, uh, the bookers or producers and hosts, I said, if there's ever a store comic, a store comic or store employee in here that needs to get up early to go to a show or go to work, you, they need to go up right away. They have kind of carte blanche and, I was like, that's just how it is because Sam was connected, you know, is connected heavily to the comedy store that I wanted to kind of keep that, uh, that movement going. And then the improv guys and girls started doing stuff there. And I started kind of like getting them, giving them the same treatment, but it was, it started out with store people. Then it was, you know, improv people. So I really liked what I was doing. And I was essentially to a certain degree, like a farm league type system or mentality, but like when I was in Austin, I kind of got someone tried to pigeonhole me that. And I was like, I know more about running a show than anyone here running a show other than the couple people that came in from L.A., like Red Band, Hinchcliffe, Rogan, obviously, like those guys. And I saw people. I mean, not to talk shit. Does Rogan really know shit about running a show? I don't know. Exactly. But it was a hell of a show. He, I, I stayed after one night at Vulcan and I watched him kind of go through the room about how he wanted things because he was, you know, he was looking at the room. Well, no, but sound. he knows how to run a show for himself. But the, oh, but like, that's not producing a show. Run? Yeah, um, I think he does. I just don't think he does anymore. He doesn't, you know. I mean, he's he been also, in it for like fucking twenty plus thirty years. Yeah, like. and he, he also does. Uh, he does a true headliner show or it's open feature him headlining. That's it. You know, occasionally there's maybe, but. He's been doing just the the three punch shows the old school way. Where me, I do like I, I have my own. Actually, I have my own hybrid. I do a sh- uh, headliner showcase. I do five or six comics, and then a headliner, then all my guest spots at the end. And that's my um, my own recipe, and people like that. And well, I've it's a good recipe. That. It's kind of like uh, doing local music, where like nobody wants the actual headliner spot because yeah. the audience will be fucking gone by that point. Exactly. So I, I do. I book a handful of comics like that are on the flyer, then the headliner. And then after the headliner, all the guest spots. And I mean, Sam did similar with Comedy Chaos. Yeah. And if I, 
if I need to fill in, if I, you know, a book comic isn't there, I can fill in with somebody because it happened a lot in Austin, man. It was like really fucking annoying, to be honest. It's like doors at eight shows at nine. I got people waltzing in at nine Oh five. And I'm like, you were supposed to go up first. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, the show's at nine, not nine Oh five. Why are you here at nine Oh five? Right. Like, well, uh, I'm like, and it's like, cause I, I will write a lineup to the, accordingly just like baseball you see that at the comedy store i learned this from all the stuff they talked about with mitzi shore how she'd write a certain lineup it's just like baseball you have to have a lineup curated yes it's fucking so important and i would sit there before my vulcan shows and i'd go through my entire lineup and i would write it out on a piece of paper and then put it away and then i would be ready by the beginning of the show and people would show up at fucking 9 45 and i'm like what the fuck like Oh, when am I going up? I'm like, well, you were up at 930. Oh, shit. I didn't know. I'm like, the show starts at nine. Where It's like, where were you? And this wasn't just Green Jay. This was actually a Vulcan. I have professional comics that are just waltzing in. And I'm like, like, come on, man. But like, also as a promoter, you should communicate to them because they had, could have another fucking they, set. They all knew. They all knew that the uh, my sh- that the, the, uh, the lineup is done like at nine o'clock. So but when they show up after the show starts. And remember, yeah, but if they could be, getting, they could be getting up somewhere else. Like they don't need to be there is, for the beginning of the show. It wasn't L.A. though. That was the thing. If it's like a, sh- if it's a like a, a comic that's getting up, I understood that. Like here in L.A., I understand these comics are doing four shows a night. I get it, and they need to come in. They kind of just need to come in, do a spot, and leave. That's fine. But out there, most of these comics are doing one show a night, and the comics that were like double and triple dipping that shouldn't have been. Also, or that's something I've I learned at the beginning of my you know uh, comedy career here was if you're a new comic, don't double and triple book yourself when you're brand new. When you're why not? Year or two why not try to get up as much as you can? Because it 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 throws it off. Like get the mic because people you want to get the mic. You want to kind of stretch. You want to get the mics in first. You want to stretch and get the mics in and learn yourself. If you're booking all these shows and you're still really new, you're there's a the gradual process doesn't it doesn't take form yeah but why not take the opportunities if they're presented to you they can go ahead and get bombed and get unbooked and don't ever get booked again that's the thing these these new comics that are not that are not hitting right are and i and i'm guilty of it because it happened to me it fucking happened to me and it was triple each fucking show and and i'll and i'll use that as an example it was uh it was It'll be three years this coming December. I opened for Sam Tripoli, Eddie Bravo, and my friend Reed hosted. It was a tinfoil hat show in Chicago at Zany's. Sold out show. Sam gave me 10 minutes up after the host. 10 minutes was a lot for me then. you know. And I went up and I did 10 minutes and people were laughing, having a good time. But my set itself, the true comedy form, was not strong. Sam, I went in the green room and Sam literally was screaming at me. That's also because that's how just Sam talks. He's Armenian and Italian. That's there's like zero and ten. There's nothing in between. And he was yelling and he's like, he goes, You're funny, you're funny to watch, you're funny to look at, you're funny, dude, Trevor. He's like, but your jokes suck and you have no fucking punchlines. That's what he said to me. And I sat there and I was like, man, I and I had a like I had a scarf on, I like fun. And I was like, dude, they were fucking laughing because they're laughing at you. He goes, but your fucking jokes aren't there, dude. He goes, You have no fucking punchlines. You're up there kind of just like dancing around like a fucking big gay bear. <laughs> And I was, and I, and I took it to fucking heart, but I took it to heart the right way. My best friend since sixth grade was sitting up there 
And Sam leaves. He goes, I love you, man. He's like, you got to get better. And he gave me a big hug and he walked downstairs. My best friend's in sixth grade. He goes, you're right. He's right. He goes, you didn't have what he said. You had no punchlines. You had no setup. You're just kind of fucking off. I took that to heart. That was, like I said, it'll be three years December. And I fucking wrote my ass off and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I worked sets over and over and over. And then I was in Chicago and Lombard in <laughs> March and I opened for Sam. I did six and a half minutes in front of the biggest crowd I've ever done. 300 plus people. I fucking killed. He didn't see it. Then I, a couple weeks later, we were back in Austin. We did a show at the Romo room. He gave me another spot. I did six and a half minutes and I fucking killed same, pretty much same set. He, he watched it fucking killed. Sam said, I did so good. He came out, he gave me a big hug and he goes, holy shit, you've gotten so much better. And he goes, I'm so proud of you. And there's people around watching. Sam goes up. I'm in the very back of the club, sitting by myself, having Heineken zero 20 minutes into his set. Sam stops and he goes, guys, how about this Trevor Cavill? Give it up for him. How good was he? And the place fucking roared. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I fucking died. He gave me too much time. I, he pulled me back and he started giving me five minute sets. Cause he was, he fucked up by giving me a 10 minute set and I nailed those five minute sets. But that's also nailed on him. It. That's on him. Yeah. You'd be a fool for not taking that opportunity. Right. And I did take the opportunity, but then I fucked up, but then I corrected myself. I corrected myself. Well, because, that takes self-awareness. Right. to fucking course correct. And, and exactly. And I got out of my own way. I put my ego away and I said, I need to fucking be a better comic, a better writer, put jokes together, make jokes make sense so I can do callbacks and all that crap that all the cool comics do, real comics do. And I did it and I worked it and it fucking worked. And that's that story I've told plenty of times. And I, I want to instill that to all the fucking new and up and coming comics. It's like, Get a fucking strong five-minute set. They don't want it there. That was the thing. I was trying to get five-minute sets, and they wanted seven. I'm like, if you can't do a tight, hard, strong five, you're never going to be able to do a seven. Like, that's it. Because joke writing is, is premise, set up, punch, premise, set up, punch, over and over, you know, depending on how you write your shit. Yeah. Premise, set up, punch, tag, tag. Yes. Pr- yeah. Exactly. And then you get better and then you give yourself tags and all of a sudden you got seven minutes with your five because you got so many good tags and it just builds from there. And that, that was where I kind of, I got like, there was, there was that level of, I was giving comics seven minutes. I shouldn't have gotten seven minutes, but I needed to spread the show out. And I was like, stretch your legs. But I go, but remember there's a show, this is an open mic. Don't go up there or just fucking off. And comics did that, but that's going to be anywhere. You know, it's not just Austin. Nature of the Beast. Yeah. I had a headliner set. I had to bring my notebook up. I didn't know I was doing uh, 50 minutes. I did. They told me 30 when they booked me. They Then I got to the show. They said, you're doing 45 to 55. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't flinch. I was like, all right, cool. And I had my notebook with me. And I was like, all right. I'm like, I need to go cover 15 minutes. How'd you do it? I did fucking awesome. But like how? How? I just, I put my uh, phone down with my notebook and I just threw a couple jokes in so I could just glance at it and like look over and check my phone time when I'm just looking at my notes. I hit 50 minutes. The booker, the host, everybody gave me fucking uh, mad props. They said, You're, we heard the sh- you did so good on the show that we want you back any other time. If you ever want to do a show, even a guest spot, it was, it was great. All around great. I think I, I saw some social media on like when yeah. you did that show. Yeah. I, 
would I, could I do it 50 minutes here? No fucking way. But I take the opportunity in, in Lancaster, California to do it. Cause that's where it was. It was an hour outside of Austin. I'm, I don't think I'm good enough to be a headliner of any means, but I took the opportunity and I took the opportunity and I did well. Cause I fuck. The other thing is I fucking trust myself. That's a big thing that comics, that's a, a hump you have to get over. You have not ego, but trust yourself, trust your, what's going to work and what's not going to work. It's the balancing act of like, don't have a giant ego, but still have confidence. Confidence. Yeah. To get through that. And I hit 50 minutes and I was like, holy shit. And I walked out of there just like, and people were like, you did so good. I come, you know, it was a different, it was a, you know, a smaller venue. There was about 40, 45 people. It was like, but I, I did it. And it was like, that was my kind of, okay. It was like a repeat of, I, this, is a, this is a big step for me. I don't know if I'm ready, but I realized, okay, I can, but I need to, it wasn't a strong, tight 50 minutes. There was a lot of looseness towards the end. But by that time, the crowd was pretty drunk. and They're on your side. Oh, yeah. I was just fucking around. I, you know, doing these one-off jokes that fucking landed. They're loving, having interactions with people. By that time, it was like much more, I'm 40 minutes in, these guys like me. The whole crowd like me. Right. You don't have to win the room over anymore. Exactly. So the 10 minutes was gravy, you know, and it was fun, you know, and it was an opportunity. I was like, you know, because there's people that are like, you know, somebody actually said to me, a friend of mine, he's like, do you even have 30 minutes? I was like, bitch, I have an hour. I have an hour of material I can cover. <clears throat> I just never did that much time at shows because my ego's not that big. I just wanted to host or do my 10 minutes, seven to 10. I right. And uh, that hour, it's probably not like all fucking like super tight. Yeah. I'm not a monster, you know, but it was a place where I could go and and stretch my legs. And that's what they should be doing. A lot of the comics are sticking in Austin and they're, not, and they're trying to stretch their legs there. And they should be going to the smaller cities outside where people don't know if you make a mistake or something or drop a joke where you can stretch your legs and then come back. It's kind of like a booked open mic. You know, you, but also like one of the tricks about like dropping a joke and just not letting the audience in on the fact that you dropped it. Just fucking keep yeah. rolling with it. Yep. And, and you're going to get that in smaller towns or towns that aren't used to comedy. So, you know, it's, you know, it, it was overall, it was a great experience. It's just, it's the towns is not for me, you know, but it was cool. It was fun. You know, I had a good time. I got laid, you know, I got to get up a lot. First time in years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You're on camera, you know, yeah, shit. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a cool time. It's just, uh, yeah. I'm an LA guy. And, and you know, Bobby was like, I'm bummed, man. He goes, and he said, he talked to you and he goes, he's like Slayer. He's an LA guy. He's like, you're just an LA dude. I go, I am. I love Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, I, no, I, I love it here. Like yeah. I've been all over this country. I've lived in multiple places. Same here. There is yeah. no place in the States. I would rather live than here. Yeah. I love it here. I've, yeah. I've visited everywhere, but the Northeast I've, I've been in New York once, but I've, I haven't been to the Northwest, but I'd visit, but I couldn't live there. I've been to 45 states. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I've wow. been to 45 fucking states. That's fucking cool. I have spent three months in Boston, fucking six months in Atlanta. Okay. Six months in the Carolinas, like on multiple occasions. Like I have been Damn. a lot of fucking places. Yeah. There was no place in the States. I would rather live than LA. LA's great. Because between the opportunities you can get in LA, yeah. just the opportunities that can like, yep. if you're open to them, that can happen. As a consumer, the uh, the entertainment options are second to none. Yeah, like 
You can go see a killer lineup at the store, the improv, the laugh factory, almost any night of the week. There are so many art house cinemas that like you can watch movies that you're not going to be able to see anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Every band, every musician you ever want to see is going to play LA and they may play a small venue before they go on tour. Yep. Yeah. And then there's just so many like things that, Oh, a friend of a friend tells you about this thing and you get to find this amazing restaurant yep. or this fucking hole in the wall or yeah. that is what makes this fucking place magical. I, the, the thing I really missed and it's, you know, the cultural diversity that Los Angeles provides is unfucking believable. It, it, it's like uh, when I was in Austin, I literally was like, what's with all the white people? And I'm a white dude from the suburbs, but I love the fact that LA is so diverse and it's not even, it's like, it's diverse in its own diversity. It's like, oh, it's not just because there's a lot of white people. I'm like, no, there's, there's a white Americans, and then there's Russians who are not white Americans, and there's you know Polacks, and there's you know white Jews, and there's like then you have like Vietnamese and Koreans and Chinese and Japanese, and you have you know little Ethiopia. You have all these pockets and all these different and, uh, places. And somehow we're all flaky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the one true. That's the one truth between all Angelinos. We're all flakes. And, and I love the fact that the, these people that come here from these different cultures, they come here and they bring a genuine culture. So they bring a recipe that they didn't get out of a book or they didn't see on Bobby Flay. It's a recipe from their country that maybe their only family or their neighborhood knows. So it's like it's so personalized. And this big, weird, washed up, not washed up, but like crazy city, you have this just constant diversity everywhere we go. And I, and I love that. And it's, and it's not just food, but it's everything. It's, it's the, the jambalaya of, of this, of this country is right here. And I really missed that when I was in Austin, where I was just like, it just felt so vanilla, you know? And it was like, you know, the food scene's great, but it's like, like, yo, like, it's like, we were talking about the brisket thing. I'm like, enough with the brisket. Like, it's cool. I like brisket and barbecue, but what do you got for this or that? And people talk. Yeah. About, like, do you have shabu shabu? Yeah. Well, what was I br- that? You know, I bring up sushi and people are like, oh, have you ever H-E-B sushi? Sushi? H-E-B is a, a fucking grocery store. Yeah. They got great food there, but it's not like culturally, like culture food. It's just good. And I'm like, is this a joke? And I'm like, oh no, the HEB's got good sushi. I'm like, holy shit, like these guys are for real. Like, yeah. And I do love HEB. That place is dope, but it's like I said, it, that was something I really fucking missed here. And and I think Austin will gain it, you know, eventually, but I'm I don't want to wait there 10 years to see if the comedy scene turns into like a real second tier, you know, place. I don't have that time. Nope. Well, I'll be dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> But on that note, yeah. we're going to call last call, Trevor. Last call it is. Last call on this motherfucker. Well, thank you for joining us again. Where can they find you on things? Where can they find your new fucking upcoming show? Yes, uh, that's the big stuff. For everybody that decided to get here uh, or stay here for the last of this, the last call, uh, you can find me on all socials at Trevor Cavallo, T-R-E-V as in Victor, O-R, Cavallo, K-E-V as in Victor, E-L-O-H, on all social medias. You can also find my new comedy brand, corrupted comedy that's corrupted with a k up there um on all social medias corrupted comedy la we've expanded we have a corrupted comedy atx now corrupted comedy la and we will be launching a monday residency at mrs robinson's pub in toluca lake soon so just beware that that will be happening very soon sometime hopefully this month i will also be 
AGMing Mrs. Robinson's Pub. So uh, AGM and comedy and com- all that stuff. No one gives a fuck about the AGM job. No, no one cares about that. All no. they're like, oh, you're going to start comedy. That's all they care about. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I still got to pay my bills because... <laughs> You could be turning tricks. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Get that OnlyFans account. Oh, the OnlyFans shitter. Yeah. And Austin, I love you. I know I was talking shit, but I love you. Mm. I love mm. you guys. Meh. Most of you. There's a couple of you that can kick rocks and go fuck yourself. Austin, Austin's like, you know, that chick I occasionally fuck. It's like, it's a good yeah. time when I fuck, but, you know, yeah. I'm not marrying you. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of mine said Austin's biggest fan is Austin. Yep. If, if He won't listen to this, but. Oh, uh, well, tell him to. I will. I'll tell him. Just fl- go to the end and he'll <laughs> love it. Exactly. Yeah. And until next time, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt Effenslayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt Effenslayer. You can find the fucking Patreon where the video version of this podcast is that you heard about it in the pre-roll at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. You can find the podcast at and now we drink on Twitter and now we drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers.